Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown and Jack Bartek. And today we have a special guest on the show. His name is Wilner Lewis. He is the sports director at WSOU 89.5, which is CN Hall's college radio station. And it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. So first, first things first, how's everybody doing today? Wait, you're not going to introduce Jack? Yeah, I did introduce him. You did? I think yeah. so. I Why did sure I zone did. out for like 30 <laughs> seconds just now? Like, my bad. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm chilling, man. Good day, man. Positive days. How you doing? I'd be better if I didn't have to watch the game on Thursday. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> I mean, I know you're coming off a you're coming off a a, a low too because the Ravens lost last week to the Chiefs. Right? Are you a Ravens I mean, fan? Yeah, yeah. Lamar Jackson had like 90 yards. I mean, How much of a low can the, that be? The Chiefs, though. though. Like, exactly. But it's I'm like, like I'm not like, too worried about that because you should be worried because you have to eventually see them to get to where you need to get to. Yeah, but it was week three. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, I, I'm week pretty 15, sure. Week 12, week 10, it's going to be the same result. You're going to lose to the Chiefs. I mean, it took it took literally the whole playbook and for the Ravens to play absolutely horrendous for the Chiefs to beat us by 14. You've never beaten Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I know. Okay. Just had to throw that out there. Okay. All right. In today's cool. episode, <laughs> we are going to talk about some NBA. And to start it off, we're going to debate who will be the best rookie drafted from the 2019 draft class. Then we're going to discuss Kyrie Irving's comments, Doc Rivers signing with the 76ers, and the NBA Finals. Then for the football portion of the podcast, we're going to talk about Adam Gase and everything wrong with the Jets, if the Bears will be better with Nick Foles than with Trubisky, and we're going to make our predictions for who will win the NFC West. And to cap off the show, we're going to do it like we always do it, NFL Pick'em Week 5, our weekly Pick'em game. So to start it off... Yo, wait, did you read the book? No, nah, I haven't even read oh, it. Oh, you haven't read it yet? I, I don't have no time, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, to, read, to read a book like that's 300 pages, bro, yeah. I really have to have nothing to do. Bro, I ain't going to lie. I bought like two books during quarantine and Loki hasn't even touched it. Yeah. Like, it's dead just been there. <laughs> so, the first topic of the day is who's going to be the best rookie that was drafted in the 2019 draft class? I'm really curious to hear you guys answer. I feel like I know what you're going to say. I don't know what you're gonna say, and I don't know what you're gonna say. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> why you always? Why you think you know what I'm gonna say? Because I know you're gonna say John Morant. That's who you're gonna say. That's not necessarily true. I can change my answer. What's what are you gonna say? Nah, don't worry about <laughs> it. <man. laughs> I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say. Nah, I know. I, know I think I know what he's gonna. Say. I think. I think. I know the bias answer he's gonna say. <laughs> Easily, R.J. Barrett. I don't know the unbiased. It might still be R.J. Barrett. But I don't <laughs> nah, know it's, though. It's, it's gonna be the unbiased one. Okay. Yeah, so well, we're gonna have to wait I, and see, bro. Well, what's going first? Are you gonna start? I'll start it off by saying, if it, like if you're looking at it as we're redrafting 2019, I have the number one pick. Yeah, wait. Before you go, are we looking at it as if who's gonna be the best in the long run? Like at the end of their careers, who we think is gonna be the best? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I got no. I got an answer. It's not John Morant. My safe bet is John Morant. Like I think based on what we saw in their rookie year between health, like taking everything, especially health in consideration in the long term, I'm taking Ja just based off what I saw this year. But if I'm going for like a boom or bust pick, it's got to be Zion. I mean, in the time he was out there, he was one of the most electric players in basketball, rookie or not. And so if he can stay on the court and do that consistently over the – and that was just him as a rookie. Yeah. He's, he's our age. Doing what he did in the league, he put up uh, twenty two six and two 
in the 24 games he played. <clears throat> he so, didn't even play 30 minutes a yeah, game either. As a rookie. That's that's an alarming thing, though. 24, 22 games as a rookie? Yeah. So yeah. That's you, Brandon Roy vibes. If you can get that out of him and he can – the most important thing, and I cannot stress this enough, is stay healthy because every stop of the way now there's been issues. Yep. Then he's got to be the guy. But taking health into account, I think the safe pick is John Moran. My sleeper? Tyler Hero. Of course. <laughs> uh, See, you going? I was gonna, I was going to say, I mean, first and foremost, I, I really don't feel like Zion's going to span out in the long run. Mm. And I just, I'm saying that because I really feel as if health is going to be a huge issue for him with his size and, you know, with how much he weighs. I feel like he's really not going to take care of his body as well as he should. Because with somebody that height and that weight, you look at LeBron, and LeBron literally takes care of his body. Like, he probably spends, like... I think, like, 15, 16 million dollars. Now, they say a million dollars a year. Just a million? Yeah. Still. Still crazy. He said just a million. Like, <laughs> well, for LeBron, you know, like, just a million is life for him. So, I mean, like, you look at that, and he's just... You know, I, I don't know if Zion has, you know, the resources around him to really take care of his body the way that LeBron does. Because LeBron was able to have money from pretty much in high school and up into the league, so I don't know if Zion's really going to span now. John Moran as well. I I feel like his play style it, it is it is good. It is good. I love the way that John Moran plays, but I also don't know if that's going to span out in the long run too. And also, you know, rookie of the years they they don't really span out in the long run because you could look at other players in other drafts. I mean, twenty sixteen Malcolm Brogdon. What is he doing now? No, he's saying. solid. Wait he's a minute. Solid. Wait, what I'm saying though, if you look at that <laughs> class, though, if you look at that class, though, that was a weak class. Though. Okay, it was, but like week, Malcolm Brogdon, though, over okay, go, over like Bi, who was in that draft, Simmons, which he played, I mean, he, he didn't was play hurt. That good. W. But I'm saying though, if we're talking about long run, okay, Sorry, I, I don't I'm have not. Any information about that. Hello. <laughs> that's my Google home. That's funny. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, out of everybody in that 2016 class, are you going to take Malcolm Brogdon for the long run when you have like Karis LeVert, when you have Pascal Siakam, when you have Jamal Murray? No, of course class. not. Malcolm Brogdon is better than Karis LeVert right now. Let's just cut cut dry. We're that. not even going to get into that. No, he <laughs> definitely is. I'm easily. not. I'm not dismissing your point. I'm just saying. Like, and then if you look at even if you go farther back in 2019, when Tyree, wait a minute. <laughs> 2009, bro. You said 2019. Oh, no, I'm just saying in general. I'm saying yeah. like, Tyree look at Davis. the history. Like you, like the rookie of the year doesn't really span out as much. So who's your guy? I'm gonna go either Kobe White or Tyler Hero. To be honest, oh, with you. Kobe, Kobe White. Kobe oh White. my, that's, that's a hot Tyler take. Hero. So now what I say, what I have to say, it's not gonna be as bad as that. I was gonna say Cameron Reddish. <laughs> I do I'm, like Kobe White though, and, and he showed some great signs late in the. The season. only way you said Kobe White is if you're a Bulls fan. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but not, I mean, honestly, though, like, I think the organization, if the Bulls actually work out to be a good organization with all the new, with the new head coach that they got in, I think it would be able to benefit Kobe White in the long run. And I think that Tyler Hero, with the lights the brightest right now in the NBA Finals and even in the NBA playoffs, he's shown that he could be a good player. I don't know if he's going to be that guy on any team, but he could be somebody that's serviceable for the long run. That's why those are my two picks. And I'll just bounce off what you just said. My pick is Tyler Hero. Okay. And I don't I don't it's think it's such a flip flop. <laughs> oh my god. My my pick is Tyler Hero and I say Tyler Hero because just what he's doing in the finals. He's averaging sixteen in the finals, but he's averaged sixteen the entire playoff, shooting thirty six percent from three, forty four percent from the field, 
he's 20 years old and he's he's doing this in the finals and I think in the NBA what matters more than anything is winning and being memorable I think Tyler Hero has the ability to be memorable because he's going to be on a team that's going to win you know I see Tyler Hero ceiling being a Devin Booker like player and if it's not a Devin Booker like player I see I see his floor being being to the heat what Ginobili was to the Spurs. I was going to give you coming, guys a ceiling, honestly. Coming off the bench and just lighting That's it a up. a really high floor. Yeah, but yeah. I think right that now. That should have been a ceiling, honestly. His rookie year averaging 16, I think he's shown that that's probably he can do that pretty easily. I love the Devin Booker comparison, though, because that was the exact thought that was in my head. It's just Tyler Hero has been blessed with being put in a perfect system to flourish. I mean, yeah. you can't be put in a better situation where not only is he surrounded by really solid players and a great coach and a great organization, but they're also kind of relying on him to score the basketball. So it's a perfect balance for him. Yeah. And that's something that other guys like Zion and, and Ja and RJ Barrett, even Kobe White too, have not had the luxury of. When you look at the Miami Heat, not only do they have the perfect system to complement <clears throat> Tyler Hero, but they're a team that's going to be good for years to come because they're probably going to get a max superstar free agent in 2021. You still have Jimmy there, and their young players are, are good too. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Bam, Tyler. Like, this is going to be their core moving forward after Jimmy is gone, and and they're probably free agent. Like, if they get Giannis, they're going to they be competitive. I don't think they all can stay. Yeah, it, it would be I, risky. I don't, I don't know their cap situation, well, but... If um, they bring Duncan back Bam, and Kendrick are and Bam contracts are up. The, the summer coming up, the same year that they're about to go get a max. I think they're probably going to keep Bam. They're probably going to get a max. I don't think they'll have enough to bring. I think they'll probably let none go. I think so too. They can think, go over luxury tax to sign the players. True. They so got the birds. We'll, we'll see. I mean, to just I want to piggyback off what you said real quick. You said winning and memorable moments are important and. You're right. Tyler Harrow is going to have some pretty big memorable moments like the other night when he hit that big shot at the end, made the little mean mug at the end of the game. <laughs> so he's going to have some big shots. Now, I'm going to obviously, like, my bias pick is obviously going to be Cam Riddish. Obviously, I feel like he's going to be a star down the league. He is easily, easily the bet, one of the top two defensive rookies in the league. Easily. And he just has, if he puts the offense together, he'll get it going easily. He has Trey Young out there. He has DeAndre Hunter. They just need a coach and to get some culture in that system but my safe pick is going to be John Morant I think he's the best rookie by far other than Zion because Zion with health issues I think in Memphis he's going to be able to build his own dynasty there he's going to be able to build his culture it's going to be hard because he's playing at the toughest position in basketball right now at the point guard position but he has the skill and he has the dog in him to show that he's probably going to be the best in the long run I so, think memorable moments matter and the reason why I wouldn't pick Zion or Ja Zion because you know, he's a health he's a health concern, but with John Zion, who's really picturing their teams making the playoffs continuously year in and year out? You really don't. The West is super loaded. So Ja, like, you know, what's this core with Brandon Clark and Dylan I like Brooks? Their core. their core isn't isn't bad. Like if they're in the Jaren East, they're Jackson. if they're in the East, they're the they're the what they're what the Atlanta Hawks once were. They're gonna make the playoffs every year. But in the West, it's really gonna be hard for them. I like what they're building there. I think I think that they could be a playoff team down the road, it, and it depends a lot on how they build off of this. But I think they got a, a good start, and they've done a nice job bringing in some assets. For I'm the future. okay. This is gonna be. This might sound crazy. So let me let me uh, let me just before I, 
I'm not saying Ja's going to win a ring in Memphis. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm going to say is Dirk's what, what Dirk built in Dallas is more important than what a lot of guys have shipped over and won in certain areas. Yeah, I and, guess. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why we, we still think about Dirk is because he made that historic yeah, that's Yeah, work. but I'm if saying... If he didn't never made that, we wouldn't care. Yeah, but I'm that. saying if Ja can somehow... Yeah, if Ja can somehow... Not saying, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys the Memphis Grizzlies are going to run a ring. <laughs> what I'm saying is somehow Ja can build a legacy there. He can build a culture that he can get them... You know, he can turn he can turn Memphis to a consistent contender every year in year. I feel like that would be more important than Tyler Harrell getting drafted already to a team that was a playoff team. And of course, yeah, he's gonna have some big shots, but he was never the guy who can anchor a franchise like John Morant is probably gonna be down the line. I agree with that. And I and plus too. you never know what the league is gonna look like in five years. I mean Oh yeah, new guys. Look at, look at what the year. East was for the last decade where it was like you might as well not even try and compete because at the end of the day you were losing to LeBron at some point mm-hmm. and now the East is wide open and, and it's not necessarily the same thing in the West right now where it's not one person dominating the conference but you never know the league who's going to end up where the league has it's been very it's wide open yeah as it's ever been in a while in a very but long the West time. is really top heavy though which is the difference with the East the kind of the lower teams especially during LeBron's tenure we're kind of just bottom feeder teams. You can beat them pretty easily. Well, I feel like LeBron's I years. Agree with that. I feel like LeBron's years in Miami. I feel like it was still a toss up. Like I think you could say, okay, Miami's going to win, but it's not going to be easy. Nothing yeah. in the East was going to be easy. You was going to have to see Indiana. Yep. You was going to have to see Chicago. You was going to have to see the Hawks. You was going to have to see Boston. Nobody's worried about Paul George. They went to seven. Then? Wait, wait. In the pace? You're disrespectful. They went to They're seven the and they went to six. You're years, just, yeah. Now you're just being completely <laughs> Game seven, didn't he like shoot two for 13 or something like that? Doesn't matter. They went he seven. He was still a great. Yeah. And, and you're and he disrespectful. Young, like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? He was young. He was he was doing so good. LeBron had to tell D-Wade he's not guarding him anymore. LeBron had to take the challenge. That's how good he was playing. Stop he disrespecting Paul George. Stop and that was a good team overall. Yeah, like, that was Rose. when Roy Hibbert was still all good. All-star. David they West was an all-star. had like one rebound. Danny Granger was still... He puts up like the same amount of rebounds as Porzingis. 7-3 guys don't get many rebounds. Nah, but Hibbert had like a zero rebound game though. I think And Bede had a zero point yeah. game. At, at the end of the... Like, <laughs> in the playoffs... Okay, Ben Simmons had a zero-point game in the playoffs. I mean... No, no, no. We're, not, happens, talking, like, we're it, not talking about that, though. But that, we're, about, we're, talk, though. we're talking about the Pacers. But it happens, though. Like, it happens. Exactly. Like, you got a couple off games here and there. Kyle Lowry scored, like, four points one time. Yeah, last, but he's so... He's, he, he makes impact in so many different ways. He takes charges. Roy Hibbert makes... His, Roy Hibbert's impact is really on the defensive end. Yeah, he doesn't pretty. really need to score. Where is he now? Not in the Oh, league. yeah, he's done. Well, he fell off a cliff. Well, the league changed. He didn't change with it. Yeah, that's true. He's second three. Let me pose the question in a different way to bring the conversation full circle. If you had to draft number one, would you like take not, Tyler Hero? Yeah, not ba- I I'm not taking Tyler Hero number one. I wouldn't take uh, him four. over John Morant or Zion. Like to me, you're not taking Tyler Hero four. If I'm building, a, I don't think it's, if it, it goes I would take Zion him. or Ja, and then everything else is a toss up. If I'm building a franchise, everything yeah. else is a toss up. Yeah, because we've seen Tyler Hero in a situation where he was blessed. We haven't seen him in an R.J. Barrett situation. We haven't seen him in a job. We probably never will in a John Morant situation, or even a Zion situation. But I think because he can shoot, it gives him an edge. But he, but yeah, but on a but team where the, the ball is constantly moving, he's constantly moving. And if he plays on the Knicks, what would he like? And and defense defense floor, gonna, though. He'll be the only mm-hmm. spacer, though. It, on the Heat, it's him, Robinson. Then you got Garan Dragic, Kendrick Nunn. Like, Dan can had, step out and shoot it. 
So they have plays. You, the Knicks, no offense, but you guys had Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. No, we were the last. Yeah, team so in like terms he would have to get yeah. his own shot. He can do it. That's why he can do it, but he doesn't do it at an elite level yet. And that hurt RJ too. But if you look at it, like this was a re- a really good draft class. Like I think this has potential to be a historically good draft class. Looking one to thirteen. Like, I don't think there was a single miss in any of those picks, although you might switch the order a little bit. Like, I think 1 through 13, every one of those picks is going to be, like, an all-star level player. Can be. Don't say will. Can be, can be, can be. Yeah, I mean. I think Cam Reddish is going to be the best. I mean, we'll see about that. Let's see if he can help out Trey Young win more than 20 games. I mean, we first. All right, well. They got Clint Capella now, too. To to be fair, Cam Cam, was better than What? This past season, yes, he was. Yeah. Okay, you're so, like, saying like, that. You're saying that, and I would agree with you for the better part of before the All Star break. When the All Star, DeAndre was more consistent, but after the All Star break, when Cam Reddish got it going, it was clear who was the better player. At the end, it was Cam Reddish. I mean, defensively, DeAndre Hunter was pretty bad. Cam Reddish was by far the best defensive player on his team. That's not good. He's a rookie. That just goes to show how bad the Hawks are. Yeah, but <laughs> DeAndre, like DeAndre Hunter got drafted to be a defender. He wasn't the best. Cam Reddish got drafted to be an offensive player. He wasn't a good offensive player. He got better than a stretch. They, what they so I guess it was like a yin and yang because they both <laughs> did what they thought. They, they averaged, both they did what the they same, weren't they supposed to be around the same amount of points. Uh, DeAndre Hunter averaged 12 on Cam 41% and 35, and Cam averaged 10.5 on 38 and 33. We'll see. I mean, comparable yeah. numbers. Yeah. yeah. Rookies, you know. <laughs> What you yeah. going to do? Yeah, what you going to do, right? Rookies. They're just getting adjusted. Class, I love this draft I class. think this draft class has a lot of potential. Yeah. So the next topic is, what are your thoughts on both of Kyrie Irving's comments? And the first comment we're going to go over is the are comment. Yeah, is the comment about the coach. So this is what Kyrie Irving said about having a coach in Brooklyn now. We don't need somebody to come in and put their coaching philosophy on everything that we're doing and change up the wheel and, yo, you guys need to start doing this. And we start running on the first day of practice. It's just like, no, <laughs> I don't really see us having a head coach. You know what I mean? Like, I, KD could be a head coach. I could be a head coach. Jacques Vaughn could do it one day. It could, it could be – it can be – it's a collaborative effort, I think. Oh, so he part. joined in on the comments. Yeah. Oh, this idiot. It was, it was on, I think, KD's podcast. And or something like Kyrie that. Irving also said that he wants somebody to come in and coach and treat him like a human being. Somebody who understands that Kyrie is first and foremost about his community and about his people and basketball is just something he loves to do and wants to do at a high level. But it's mostly Yo, like his second. It's his like second <laughs> thing. Yeah, like bro, it's the uh, jersey in him. He's getting paid no, no, no. forty million dollars. <laughs> um, basketball should be all you're thinking about. If I'm paying you forty million million, you should come to work. You come to work, do your job, you leave, then you worry about all that extra stuff. But listen, at the end of the day, like no, 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 hold on. It does Jack. not take away from his play. Though. No, 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 Jack. Answer oh. this question, Jack. Jack, let me. You go to the Nets. You and Kevin Durant. You get a new, fresh coach. A new, fresh coach. And your next topic, your next, your next comment is, we don't need a head coach. Okay, no. I, I, uh, Steve Nash, oh, actually, it's supposed to be Jack Moffat. No, you can, ask, you can answer to it. Steve Nash, <laughs> is, and Steve Nash I, is a I, nice guy. We know he's not going to respond in a negative way. He's not going to really say anything about it. But how does that make the coach look now? Okay, I'm walking into a situation where these guys wanted me, but they don't want me to coach them. I want to hear what you have to say about this, but the one thing I will say is I feel like it happens a lot. I think that he had a a, a right a reasonable idea in his head 
he just didn't express it very well. Like the wording was not right, but the, the thought of it is Steve Nash is coming in as a rookie head coach. So like it's not going to be just Steve Nash. It's going to be a collaborative a collaborative effort running that team. Like it's going to help Steve Nash a lot having Jacques Vaughn who has coaching experience. It's going to help Steve Nash a lot having KD and Kyrie, two guys who have played in those situations recently. He just left Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. Yes. Yes. That didn't work. So I mean and, and I think that Steve Nash is good for this group because he's going to come in and be a guy who's willing he's a very good communicator and i think we talked about this a couple episodes ago but he's the perfect guy to come in and be able to listen and and, you know kind of control all of the uh personalities in the locker room for lack of a better word but as much it it sounds really bad but i don't think it's as bad as it's portrayed to be and if it was anybody but Kyrie irving i don't think it would be getting looked at the way it does but he his reputation precedes him in these. Matters. I don't think anybody else would even say that. But I feel as if like it it happens in the league though. Like I, I feel you know as as a head coach, like of course they're gonna have their plays and their X's and O's, and you're gonna probably have a lot of those plays you know play through like the first three quarters. But when it comes down to like the fourth quarter, and when it comes down to crunch time, you know the players really know like what their shot is, what they you know what they're best at, and stuff like that. So you know I agree with Jack. I feel as if. Kyrie just said it wrong, but knowing Kyrie, like we we don't know what Kyrie is like what he what he means and stuff like that. But I feel like what he said was accurate for for lack of better terms. But he just came off of it wrong. But when you have two superstars like Kyrie Irving, like Kevin Durant, who could get their own shot almost anywhere on you know the better half of the court, when it comes down to crunch time, you're not really going to look at Steve Nash and look at the coaching staff like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do now? You're going to look at those two players like, okay, just get a bucket one way or another. And and, and I it's I love what you said, and it brings me to a, a memory of last year. You said he was playing under Brad Stevens and it didn't work out. Brad Stevens is a great coach, but sometimes great players, they need to take control. You look at, obviously, LeBron is on a different level, but LeBron in Cleveland, if he wanted the ball, he got the ball. Like, at, at the end of the day, when he wanted it, he got it. And there Absolutely. was one game specifically that I could remember last year in Boston that really kind of started the turmoil. It was in Orlando. The Celtics were down by one, and they had about six seconds left. They were on a side a side out of bounds coming out of a timeout. And you could see there was an argument in the huddle about what was going to happen. And Jason Tatum was inbounding, threw it in the backcourt to, I think, Jalen Brown. And Kyrie was in the corner. Jalen Brown spends four seconds getting above half court. They get a terrible shot, a miss, and the game's over. And then that was when the comments started coming out about, you know, leadership and, you know, who's the guy on this team. And I think that was one of the problems was, at the end of the day, Brad Stevens totally controlled that team. And I think that when you're coaching a team with a lot of talent on it, sometimes you need to let the superstars have their say in matters. And I think that's what Kyrie is kind of getting at is at the end of the day, it's going to be a collaborative effort in Brooklyn. With me, oh. I don't think that the, the comment is that serious, uh, mostly because it's just Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant feels the same way, right? They both feel the same way. And I know people want to overreact to what Kyrie said about it, but it is a collaborative effort. And at the end of the day, I don't really feel like he meant 
that in a way like, oh, we're not going to respect Nash because I think part of the reason he likes Steve Nash is versus Kenny Atkinson is that when Kenny was there, he kind of was approaching coaching KD and Kyrie in a de- developmental aspect. Like, oh, we're going to develop you guys, but these guys are already developed. They don't need yeah. X's and O's talk. They don't need to run sprints or suicides. They just need to go out there and play. So I think Steve Nash just has to manage egos. And when they talked about Jacques Vaughn, they made a perfect point because Steve Nash doesn't have to take all of the responsibility all of the time because Jacques Vaughn is a very good coach and they have a great staff and they got guys like Kyrie who's won a championship. KD has won a championship. So they know what they're doing. They know the type of culture that needs to happen within the Nets. So I think the comment was kind of taking, it was kind of taken out of context and you're right that Kyrie didn't word it well at all. And he doesn't word a lot of things well. Like, that's why he's always getting talked about. But I don't think they're that, it's that serious. I want to uh, have two questions. Uh, well, not questions. I, I disagree with you, though. I think when you said that these two players don't need development, I think that's wrong. Because I feel like every player needs development. No player in the NBA is perfect. Like, for example, when Kevin Durant left OKC and went to Golden State, he improved tremendously on the defensive end and he proved as a playmaker. We thought Kevin Durant at OKC was damn near the perfect player. We thought this guy, is, he has it all. He can do everything. When he went to Golden State, he got better and he improved with a well, with a great coach and Steve Kerr. He improved his game. He's got better. So I don't think necessarily these two guys don't need development. I do agree with you, though. They don't need to do the X and O's and the little sprints. They don't need that. development from a coach. Players like yeah. that are going to be good I on their own. They're going to practice on their own. I think they can. I think you can learn a lot from, Steve, you can from learn. Kyrie. I think Kyrie, Steve Nash can develop Kyrie yeah. as a yeah, player. Yeah, I, I think he can unleash and unlock some more of Kyrie's game. Because Kyrie, is, yeah. as a point guard, Kyrie isn't, aside from scoring, Kyrie isn't as put together as we think he is. As a point guard. As a, yeah. as a player, he isn't. And I think Steve Nash can unlock and develop him into a, the type of point guard that he needs to be in this type of game. Yeah, I, I I'm not disagreeing that. with that. But but they didn't need a developmental head coach. Yeah. Okay, I get but that But also part. what I'm saying part. is that Steve Nash, you just said it perfectly, he can develop him in terms of the X's and O's and mental part of the game, but Steve Nash doesn't have to show Kyrie any handling drills or passing that's, that's drills yeah, that's, that's or true, that's have true. him run suicides. And, and Steve Nash was also in Golden State with Steve Kerr as a, a player, player development, development coach. But he yeah. was also showing Kevin Durant and Steph yeah, Curry yeah, the yeah. best shooters so, on the earth. New yeah. sh- new shooting drills and all that. So and, you can still go through the motions and yeah. learn new things and learn new abilities. So he knows how to do that. He knows how to deal with the superstars and, and turmoil that might arise because he saw it in Golden State. Like You saw obviously how that ended up playing out. So if any if I wanted anybody at the helm, I think he's a perfect guy to do it. I just think some things just don't need to be said. And like a comment like That's that just doesn't terrible. you don't need yeah. to say that. Like it's no need like just getting a new coach like if I if I'm a coach and some my my star player says that, I'm just going to be like it's just going to rub me the wrong way but like what do you mean you don't need a head coach? Like it, I get Kyrie we, we're going everybody's going to say Oh, we don't understand Kyrie. Kyrie is saying anything. But how many times are we going to keep saying he's trying to say something else, but he just didn't say it right? It feels like every comment he makes. that's Kyrie, it, though. Yeah, at like, this point, we got to start saying, yo, maybe he really means what he says, and he really says that. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I feel like some comments you just shouldn't say, and I don't think he should have said that. So that comment was one of them. Uh, this one is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna play it right now. Ten seconds left. One point game. Who's shooting? You, you were Kyrie, KD? Depends on who's hot. No. I don't see it as that as anything other than that. Like, 
one three pick and roll or it's an ISO for either one of us or it's something Which great for our team. our team. I'm one thing I'm I've always been comfortable with is you know I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that motherfucker make that shot too. <laughs> so what I took it as is that he basically said that LeBron can't make shots. LeBron couldn't make. make shots down the stretch. Even and look, and I was doing my research on this. So game seven, that's what Kyrie's memorable for, hitting that win game winning shot. It was a great shot. Great you shot. know, of course it was a great shot. But LeBron scored 11 points in the fourth quarter. Before that shot, Kyrie had two points in the fourth quarter. LeBron was getting every single basket down the stretch. It wasn't Kyrie Irving. So to, to call himself and anoint himself that he is the best option on the team is is ridiculous. It is. Hey, I, don't, I, don't, I think Kyrie Irving has a really big ego, and I guess when you're that great of a player, you have to have one. But I think it's a, he, he's in for a rude awakening if he thinks that Kevin Durant's just going to back down and Kevin Durant's going to just be cool with the motions because at the end of the day, what was the reason? What was the reason why um, Kevin Durant left OKC? Because Westbrook wanted to take all the shots down the stretch. And now Kyrie's obviously not as bad as Westbrook, but (laughs) he's not as bad as Westbrook, but you can have a similar version. He's like, he's like a Westbrook that could shoot. Which might be a little bit better, but still the personalities <laughs> might not mesh when I mean, they as finally an offensive play. player, Kyrie's nah, better. I mean, in the comment he said like this is the first time I could look down like the court or so whatever and say like, Oh yeah, he could shoot too. So I don't think he was saying like, Oh, I'm gonna back or I'm I'm hoping that KD backs down from the challenge. But But you don't think LeBron could shoot? Oh no, nah, LeBron definitely could shoot. I mean, when you looked at that Nuggets game to close out, the way that he closed out that yeah. game was ridiculous. So like it's just nar- it's a narrative thing. Yeah, so I don't agree. Of course, I don't agree with with Kyrie's comments because I do feel as if you know, if LeBron's uh, hot, then just want to sorry for cutting you off. Right. I had to find this screenshot that I screenshotted. Uh, tie or take lead in final two minutes of fourth quarter in overtimes. Kyrie is two for seven, twenty eight percent, one for three from the three point line, thirty three percent. LeBron is thirty for sixty six, forty five percent. Nine for nineteen from three and forty-seven percent from the three-point line. I don't know what he's talking about. I think we should yeah, go and, to Jack for the stats yeah, and too. If I may just add to that one, <laughs> a separate tweet. This one from Colt Ger- Kirk Goldsberry on Twitter. Great follow if you don't follow him already. But this is LeBron and Kyrie, twenty fourteen fifteen through twenty sixteen seventeen regular season and playoffs when they were both in Cleveland. Last five minutes, score within five. Kyrie was seventy-seven of two hundred and ten. 36% oh, and 26% from three. And LeBron was 128 of 305, 42% from the field and 37% can from you, can three. Can you like, so, send me that on Twitter, like, please, when you yeah, see that? Yeah, <laughs> So he obviously had a, another option. And I get it. Like, when you look at it, the moment that everybody remembers is Kyrie hitting the shot in game One seven. Of the most but what you don't shots. remember is how did the score get to 89-89? How did he get the opportunity LeBron, to get the How did he get the ball yeah. back, the block? Yeah, LeBron James on a step-back three was what tied the score at 89 step back a series or two series before that when they were playing the bulls and the bulls uh, the bulls had him on cheated, the ropes. okay lebron james called <laughs> for the ball hit the three to win them the game and, and took control of that series so like at the end of the day 
they might not be as memorable as Kyrie's big shot. Don't forget the Toronto one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I about to say Toronto the off glass. Like, that was crazy. There's a laundry list of big shots that LeBron made. The, so, the one against Orlando, yeah. the big three. And yeah. this is my problem with Kyrie Irving because <laughs> I was just looking at that one <laughs> yeah. year. Nah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like he's just bringing so many negative, negative publicity to the Nets. Like, the Nets are already going to have enough trouble meshing together all the role players and the stars and Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles. And Kyrie's kind of igniting hate. He's igniting the hate that people have towards Brooklyn. Like, people are waiting. People are waiting for Kyrie to fail. They're waiting for Kyrie to fail. Simple as that. We told you. And I want to say this. um, Like, to piggyback over what you said, you said Kevin Durant, why did he leave OKC? Because Russell Westbrook was taken. Why did he leave Golden State? Because his ego, he he felt he wasn't gonna ever be as loved as Steph Curry. The second that he was gone, what was, was the reason that Kyrie left Cleveland? The, the same, reason. same reason. The second that Kevin Durant was out of Golden State, it was not going back. Was when Draymond Green yelled at him in the huddle. That was it. Was over at that point, and, yeah, he, and it compounded when Draymond Green got the rebound. I forget what game it was, but Draymond it was against Green the gets the rebound. It was, a, it was LA, and look, literally looks off Kevin Durant. And goes down and gets a terrible shot to tie. And that was a, that was a horrible Which play. Was, he should have passed yeah, to Kevin Durant. But at but the same it time, was a statement. It was essentially making a. At statement. the same time, both of these guys have egos. Both of these guys left great teams for because of the egos. They feel like they wasn't as loved. And now you're putting both of them together. And Kyrie's talking about whoever's hotter, bro. We've seen both of you play your whole careers. Kevin Durant. We know Kevin Durant. He's gonna want that ball no matter who's on his team. He had the best shoot. He had the best two shooters ever. On his court, he still wanted the ball at the end. So I, you I know, Kyrie's going to. I mean, Kevin Durant's going to want the ball, but he deferred to Westbrook and OKC a lot. So I would expect him to do the same, and I'd expect him to get fed up the same way because Kyrie's exactly. going to want that moment as well. I don't. I, I just. I don't personally think the egos are going to be that big of an issue, just because they decided on coming here together. Like they knew what they were signing up for. They've been good friends for a while now. Like, it's not like this was forced upon them. Like, Kyrie was drafted to Cleveland and LeBron came there. Granted, Kevin Durant went to Golden State. I don't think he expected it to be the way it was. And they were still very successful. I just think that... He didn't expect them to love him. He's expected them to love... He expected Golden State to love him more than Steph. No, I mean, I mean in an aspect of, like, I don't think he expected to have to beef with Draymond Green because he wanted the ball at, at the end of games. Just because in, in Oklahoma City, like, as much as Westbrook took shots, when he wanted the ball at the end of games, he got it. Like, the final plays were drawn That's up for cool. him. It wasn't a system. You yeah. walked into a completely different yeah, system. exactly. And, and coming in here, like, I think that Kevin Durant is the guy at the end of the day. Like, Kyrie's great, but Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer of all time, in my opinion. And... They are building this together. Like, it's their team. There's no question about that. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm like, as a Net fan, I'm skeptical. Like, I wish in a perfect world we would have been able to build around that D'Angelo Russell team and win a championship. But I like if you, that team. I realistically, like, it's just not feasible in the league today. You need superstars to win championships. And that wasn't happening with them. And and what was the other route that they were going to take? They were going to go sign Tobias Harris signed and Jimmy. re-sign D'Angelo Russell <laughs> and been a perpetual fourth to fifth seed that Should've was a great Jimmy. story say, and just at the end of the day lost to superstars. The Heat doing all right without big name Should've, superstars. Should have signed Jimmy, man. No, the East has another superstar coming to town. Who? They have Mr. Doc Rivers. Oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> 
I was like, so they, Doc Rivers got signed by Philly. The report came out that he was watching it, the finals with, I guess, like the ownership yeah, or manager. He, yeah, he was. And then they, right after they saw him watch the finals, they're like, we got to sign this guy. But okay, Doc Rivers is going to Philly. Do you guys think this makes a difference for the 76ers? I do. And not a big difference. Like, oh my God, they're going to the chip. But I think he's a big upgrade to Brett Brown. And, and, and I spoke to Sixers fans. Communicator as well. Every Sixers fan I spoke to hated Brett Brown. So and I agree. And I want to say this. I want People are going to blame Doc Rivers. Yes, he is He is one of the reasons why he, they blew a 3-1 lead. But a 3-1 lead blown, I really feel like should go on the, to the players more than the coach. Because at the end of the day, yes, the coach can do whatever he needs to do to put you in a position to win. But you're out there playing. And if you blow three straight games, I feel like the players deserve most of the blame. I do think Doc Rivers is going to – the way he talked about Ben Simmons and Embiid, he was pretty much praising them. How they were this great duo. They were like Magic and Kareem. So he, the way he's talking, it's like he's probably going to rock this out for one more year. Mm-hmm. So I do think Doc Rivers can benefit them in the way where they can make a run in the playoffs, but I don't, I don't see it being better than a fifth, fourth seed, and maybe a second round, maybe an ECF, depending on who they play. I think this uh, was the perfect fit for the 76ers because you have a – Doc Rivers coming in, who's an underachiever, and the Sixers—they're underachievers. They never, they never meet expectations. So I feel like this is a perfect match. Uh, look, I, I don't think coaching is the problem. I know Philly hated Brett Brown as a coach, but look, I, I think that coaching really wasn't the problem in Philly. I think the problem in Philly was management. Elton Brand never gave Embiid and Simmons a consistent starting five. You look at every single year; their starting five changed. Last year was it was Jimmy and JJ, right? Jimmy didn't want to come back though. Okay, he said, he like, said no. He said if you get rid of Brett Brown, he said in the JJ Reddick podcast, he said if they would have got rid of Brett Brown, I would have stayed. He said, but Brett Brown wasn't going to go. Jimmy, that's crazy. Jimmy and JJ were starting last year, and then this year you have Josh Richardson and uh, Al who else? Al Horford, yeah, at a point, yeah, at a point. and then they yeah, Shake Milton. So you never had I a bet. consistent starting like five. Even a year before they had Covington and Sarich. I remember that team, right? Like. They've never had a consistent starting five for Brett Brown to kind of figure out all these players. And I'm not saying Brett Brown's a great coach because I think he's one of the worst ones in the league. <laughs> uh, especially out of the playoff teams, he was the worst coach out of every team. And you look at playoffs. those guys you keep naming, none of them mesh. Yeah. Those teams don't mesh. But the main problem in Philly is that the player that you're guaranteeing the most money to on the roster is Tobias Harris, $180 million. And you still don't know if Simmons and Embiid can fit. So realistically, like I think this is a... This is a lateral move. I don't think it makes them any better. Maybe maybe uh, people have more expectations for them, and then they don't meet them again. You know, same thing with what happened this past year, but I think this is a recipe for disaster, and I wouldn't rule it out if Embiid and Simmons are gone in a couple years and maybe less than two. I feel to like one or the other oh, would yeah, be yeah, yeah. away. I don't think – yeah, I was going to say, I think it has to be one or the other. I think the 76ers, like, they need a organizational change. I, I think – I think Doc Rivers, it, I think it's a lot of remove too because Doc Rivers just hasn't done anything recently. And, I mean, with the 3-1 lead, I'm not going to put the blame super so much on Doc Rivers because you got to just look at it. I mean, if they were playing at L.A., I think it probably would have made a difference in, the, in that series versus having to play in a bubble. Um, but I don't think that Doc Rivers is going to do anything dramatic to make the 76ers that much of a great team. I still think possibly like second round of the playoffs, but 
I think it's just the 76ers as an organization needs to find some change, not even just the head coach. I think it's really all about matchups because if you honestly, if you, if you, like, all right, I'm going to go hypothetically speaking, last, this year, if Ben Simmons was healthy, I realistically think if they would have probably played Indiana, they would have went to the second round. But the fact that they played Boston, who was a better team, I, I never had a, I never believed that Philly was going to be Boston. I, when they've seen them, especially no Ben Simmons, I was like, yeah, it's over. I thought if they were healthy, they could have, they could have, could have made it, yeah, they could have made it six. Well, I don't think they'd have won. I think the only realistic team they could have beat was if they would have seen Indiana, they would have probably beat them. Any other team, I feel like they had their number. Toronto had their number. Miami had their number. Milwaukee, we know what we know they had their number. So uh, that team, I, I don't know. I just think when you look at it, like although Brett Brown was an issue there and a big issue, so this is great for them that they got him off off the books. I think that a bigger problem is the construction of the team. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like they were just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, which, you know, plays into your point that they haven't had a consistent starting five. They brought back the wrong guy in Tobias Harris for way too much money because I like Tobias Harris, but he does not deserve that much money. And now they're handcuffed with the money. And bringing in Al Horford, like... That was horrible. Not, <laughs> not a smart move. But I do think one thing that can help them is a guy that we talked about earlier this week Buddy Heald, who was essentially ghosted the yeah. Kings, and a lot of signs had pointed towards him being traded to Philadelia. Buddy I think Heald that would be, would be a great, a third great move for them. No, he's a he's a shooter, and they need a, a shooter because dog. You look at their three point shooting, and the only guys who shot over forty percent from three are Furkan Korkmaz, who he's a good fit there. Shake Miller, Alec Burks, who realistically is not going to play real minutes for you. Shake Milton did yes, shoot over 40% from three. <laughs> and Trey Burke, who should not really be playing he big minutes for a playoff He was staying in the bubble, though. I, I just, yeah, Trey Burke is pretty good. They, he was. But they need a, a, real, like a, a real starting shooting guard yeah. who can shoot the ball. So then who would go if they get Buddy? You think Josh Richardson? Get, but it has to be Josh Richardson. Yeah. Tobias? Nobody wants to trade for Tobias. Yeah, I mean, I you could get Tobias. I feel like they really should have kept Jimmy. They, they was they one shot have to away. Trade Josh and Horford. Those are the two yeah. guys or that just they have Horford. to try to trade. And, I think Buddy Hill's contract and Horford's are the same thing. So if you can just get Horford out of there, give like, him both. If you could surround Ben Simmons with shooters, I think it would be a, a very good team. But the problem is they haven't done that. Like, they have not surrounded him with guys who can spot-up shoot. Like, even Jimmy Butler wasn't a spot-up shooter. Like, that team was not full of spot-up shooters. That team was one shot away from going to the ECF, though. Yeah, yeah. They probably would have made the finals if they did that. I agree with you there. And beat the Golden State Warriors that they were And think about how much different things would be right now. Hell no. Hell no. With the injuries? No. They, no. No. Toronto was, no. 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 Philly was not beating the Warriors. No. Toronto was way better than Philly. No. Without KD. How are they way better, but they lost in seven in, a, in one of the luckiest shots in NBA history that Kawhi hit? We all, we all know the Clippers are better than Denver. They just lost in seven. But I, I don't I don't think I don't think the Toronto Raptors were way better okay. than Philly last year. Okay, though. that's fair to say. I mean, I'm just I, I mean, I mean, Toronto, it was neck and it was a neck and neck. Toronto, series. I'm just saying, if we if they the Warriors would have played Philly. They don't have to worry about a Kawhi. They don't have to worry about who's Fred guarding Embiid though. Yeah, that's true. Jimmy Butler on who? Clay Thompson was injured. Jimmy Butler on Curry. I think that's a good yeah. matchup. And then you still have Ben Simmons. He can't score. No, but throw, I'm saying he like defensively that would have been a nightmare matchup for Golden State because that was a great defense. We see what Jimmy's doing in the finals right now. Who's to say he, he wasn't going to do that? that. He wasn't going to do that last year. You can't say that. You can't say that. It's against. They LeBron. didn't need it. They wouldn't have needed him like that though. But the environment. 
We gotta remember Iggy plays defense too. Like we're just crap. sleeping on Andre Iguodala playing. You deep. just said he lost a step last year. No, I don't. Bro, I mean, bro. last episode you literally said he lost a step. He's not the same. You said did. that. <laughs> He's not. Yeah, He's not did. the same. He was playing good deal on Kawhi. But I, I do agree with your point. I don't see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in Philadelphia for the long haul. And I've been saying this for like two years now. These guys cannot coexist together because at the end of the day, you have a big man who wants to play like a guard and a guard who wants to play like a big man. It, it like it's not going to work. Yep. So now we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. So the original question was, who do you think is going to win a Finals MVP? I mean, does everybody here still have the Lakers winning the series? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. still has them winning, right? Yeah. So who who do you guys think is going to win Finals MVP between Anthony Davis and LeBron? I was going to say AD before the 15-point game. Yes. But now it's looking like AD is going to have to have like another uh, like a 30-40 ball on back-to-back games, a double-double, because that 15-point game, and he got in foul trouble early, so it kind of threw away his rhythm and all that. But that game kind of like looks at like put him down because LeBron was also having two great games. So and he had a th- the last game he didn't play bad. He just played better than AD. Yeah. So like now you gotta look at it like damn now AD and you know the media is biased to LeBron. LeBron's was automatically it was LeBron. Yeah, it was LeBron to lose. So now AD you just you just put yourself in a position to lose it with that fifteen point game. So now you're gonna have to go Shaq mode and you're gonna have to have forty point games. And to your point, I think that, you know, LeBron has been consistent this whole series. AD had that one flop game, kind of like what Curry had when Why do you Durant, do Durant won the Finals <laughs> MVP. That is true, though. That is you true. Know, he was going to ice. He should have won it, but he, he didn't because he had bro. a flop game. I mean, but you're right. The media is biased towards LeBron. Le- I mean, they're so biased that they were thinking <laughs> of taking the MVP away from Giannis, which is a regular yeah. season award. Um, this and the voting that was is so na- ridiculous. The voting is narrative driven. People are talking about co MVPs, but I think there's eleven voters. There's so 11 that's voters. not possible. They're idiots. Um, <laughs> so they're really trying to say it, and it's like eleven. There's a legit eleven voters. If, if if there was ever going to be a co MVP, though, I think this would be the year. Would make the most sense. But it would be probably on that team and the other team that would make it co. You can't have. I wouldn't say you have two co MVPs on the same team. Because if that's the case, you would have to give it to Steph and KD at least once, Kobe Shaq and Kobe and Shaq. at yeah, least yeah. once. You didn't do that, so why on earth would you do it now? It's a very good that's point. A great point. I mean, when you look at the numbers, though, like just strictly based on the numbers, because I'll get into beyond the numbers, but just on the numbers, <laughs> LeBron 27.7, 10.7 rebounds, 8.7 assists, 0.7 steals, and a block a game. AD. 27 points a game, 9.3 rebounds, three steals, a steal, or three assists, a steal, and a block. Although he's doing it on better efficiency, LeBron is putting up the better numbers in the series. And yeah. then beyond the numbers, LeBron just has a better, a bigger impact on the game. Like the offense does not run without LeBron James handling the ball. To if be you fair, watch though, the team, like when AD went out with foul trouble, the offense did look really, really shaky last night. They weren't game. shooting the ball well. Yeah, they just they just looked they were out getting of shots. What I what I want to say, I, I didn't what I didn't like, and shout out to Jimmy Butler, because you know, Jimmy Butler played incredible last game. He demanded the ball, he was out there grabbing rebounds, he was playing point guard, shooting guard, small four. Which he didn't do in game two, yeah. and he killed him. And he 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 decided, listen, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna play my heart out. Forty three minutes, he did his thing. I what in the fourth quarter, what I really didn't like, and I, I was kind of like, LeBron had an opportunity to stop Jimmy in the fourth quarter. He had an opportunity. And I didn't like how the fact that he kept letting the easy screens get 
KCP on Jimmy or Mark or Markeith Morris on him. I didn't like how he wasn't fighting over the screens, getting over them because it kind of kind of hurt them in a way because Jimmy just kept looking for the ma- mismatch. And I don't know. Everybody looks at KCP as a big mismatch. And once they switch on him, it's like an easy bucket. Markeith Morris was a bucket. So I, I want to see next game LeBron fight over the screens, get over the screens, and hopefully get back to guarding Jimmy because he's the only one that can do it out of their wings. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, I feel like that's what's going to happen. But I just don't th- like. It just feels like the series is dead. It feels mm-hmm. like it's over because that's, that's the, football the Heat the Heat played <laughs> as well as they could possibly play without Bam and Goran Dragic, and they still had to fight tooth and nail to win the game with AD throwing up a stinker. Tyler Harry didn't even play that good either until yeah. like the fourth. Yeah. You I know I and think, ain't throw up that mean mug. Yeah, I think that. The oh, Heat oh, man. are better. Oh man, I knew it. Bam out of bio. I knew series. that was coming. They are yeah. better because Kelly Olynyk he's averaging 15 in this series, and he spaces a floor for the Heat. With Bam, game two he got crushed though. With Bam, he's he's a good passer. He's a good defender, but he can't space a floor. I, I feel like this is a I get, take. I get that. I get that though. I feel like this is a take very based on the fact that Anthony Davis. Barely he played. Didn't play well, but he didn't play well because he didn't play because he had three fouls in the first half, two in the first quarter. Like if Anthony Davis was Kelly out there Olenek without the fail, Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard would have been running for cover at the once, ball. One, at one point, they had Jay Crowder guarding AD. Yeah, it, like, there is nobody on that team that can guard AD. AD is the only person in the series that can guard himself. <laughs> like there's, it, it just can't happen. And Bam actually gives them a viable option to defend AD on one end and not be. A total wash. But if you're going to get I do killed, agree, I do agree with Joel. Though, on the offensive end, Kelly Olynyk would be the better option because he can space the four. He can do the pick and I mean, pop. He can hit the, the shot. The reason Jimmy Butler was getting ISOs on KCP is because Bam isn't there. That's Did true. you see how open the floor was in the fourth quarter? I felt like whenever Jimmy ISO, there was nobody even like six feet near them. That's true. All That's right, a yeah. fair point. It, it but, opens but up. To the be rim, fair, though. if AD is in the game. That switch looks a lot different if you go and ask Myers Leonard for a screen or you ask Kelly Olenek for a screen because now you got AD on you. So this, the switch looks a lot different. LeBron can still guard Kelly Olenek or Myers Leonard. So I mean, Bam can actually play on the offensive end. Like I I'm mean, not giving the ball to Myers Leonard or Kelly Olenek to get me I a bucket. Am, at, at the three, I am. Oh, yeah, facts. Yeah, at, the three, at the three, Bam, I'm letting him shoot that. All day. Well, Bam, luckily for Bam, he's smart. He rolls down with. I mean, yeah. it's going to be tricky to see how they're going to play his rotation because I, I don't Did know. Did we hear they, anything about Bam for doubtful. game four? Because I heard Goran he's, he's Dragic questionable. is. Oh, he moved to question. He's questionable. So you have LeBron as. Right now, LeBron. You have LeBron too. How about you, Winner? Who do you have? I'm going to have LeBron too, just because, again, game three really ruined Anthony Davis. If. If the game three didn't happen, like if we were to do on the, be on this podcast like a couple of days ago, I was gonna say AD just because like statistically he was better and just like on the offensive side, it seemed like everything was running through AD mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but just the way that he performed in game three, again, not really having that many minutes because of foul trouble, but that that was the game that you know he still needed to be consistent if he wanted to become the Finals MVP. I still think AD has a shot to get it. I don't think that it's as, I don't think it's as far apart between LeBron and AD um, getting the Finals MVP as we're as you guys are saying. I still think if you know AD puts up maybe thirty in in Game Four and thirty in Game Five, I still think that it might be an edge towards AD. But as of right now, three games in, I'm going to say LeBron gets the Finals MVP. Yeah, 
And I, we I think we all have LeBron. Yeah, and we said it after game two. Me and you had this conversation, and like, like we said at the beginning, it was LeBron's yep. to lose. So AD would have would ha- still have to he has really to blow him out of the water. Exactly, he really does. Because if it's if it's neck and neck, just like legacy driven and like narrative driven, the voters are going to give it to LeBron because it's more impactful. I feel like. So real quick, who do you guys think wins Game Four? The Lakers. The Lakers. I, think, I think Miami takes one. Takes one more. Do you think, think the series is going to six or seven? I had Lakers in six. You got Lakers in six? Yeah, I, I think Miami. I, I think Miami has the momentum right now. They're hot. They're angry, and they're ready to roll out. I think Jimmy's on another level right now, and I think they're going to come out, punch him in the mouth, and they're going to win Game Four, and then it's over. I think we might see, uh, like one of uh, yet another career-defining moment for LeBron because the way he walked off. Which a lot of people criticized the way he walked off at the end of Game Three. He looked like forget that the way he let Jimmy Butler outplay him like that. that I I think that was I ridiculous. Think LeBron's gonna come in with a big chip on his shoulder, and we see how that has played out in his career. Usually, not very well for the people on the other end. If you remember Clay Thompson, I think he got his feelings hurt, and we see how you know how that went for them in the long run. And you know, you saw Jimmy; he's in trouble. Tyler Hero with the snarl at the end, like yeah, that it, snarl it's a whole was lot funny, of disrespect bro. going on. And well, I think to be to be fair, to... LeBron said it first in the first quarter. He said, "Y'all yeah. in trouble," and, and all Jimmy did was kill and then retaliate. With now, y'all in trouble. So you know, but Tyler Hero, they're still down oh, no, Tyler, he's, the Tyler Hero's going to talk. He's just going to talk all day. <laughs> he used to do that in Kentucky. I he's think gonna it's talk. over. I think the Lakers win in five. They're going to win the next game, and I think. Every single series they've won in five in the playoffs so far, I think there's going to be the same thing. Everyone is different, though. Houston won the first game. Is it, though? Yeah, is Houston it? won Look. the first game. It was different. I'm going to tell you why it's different. I'm going to tell you why it's different. Houston went into the first game. Westbrook, you know, Westbrook, uh, he's talking nasty. They blew him out first game, lost four straight. Denver, to be fair, Denver's series wasn't bad. Almost every game was really close. Yeah. They just lost because LA had the better player down the stretch. This series, I feel like it's going to be a little different because Jimmy has that chip on his shoulder. He has that takeover badge. You know how when you get in 2K, when you get mad hot. So it's like takeover. He has that takeover badge right now. And in the fourth, he's demanding the ball. He wants the ball at every moment. He's grabbing rebounds. He's going out there making plays for all his players. He's doing everything that he needs to do. It's like he's t- he's going out there with the mindset of, like, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose because of me. We're not going to lose because of anybody else. And I feel like right now, I feel like Denver didn't really have that that dog, that mindset, like a Jimmy-type player. And I feel like with Jimmy right now, and if, if Bam does play, they get that spark back. They're like, all right, now we got a little healthy. We're ready. We're mobile. We can do this. We just got to play D. And we just got to, you know, make these rotations, and then we can win this game four. With all due respect, Jimmy Butler probably is thinking all the things that you have said right now. But no matter how hard he thinks it and tries to speak it into existence, he's not good enough to do it. Oh wow! And, and I, just I, simple I, as I love Jimmy Butler, <laughs> wow. but he that just was, did it. He's not. He's game, not good enough to this one game. Game three was the greatest game he Watch can this. play. Watch this. They played a perfect game. Watch this. They didn't play a perfect game. They, Jimmy Butler. Did. Jimmy Butler did. The team as a whole didn't. Is play Is he going to replicate that? As Hell long as no. he can do good and the team can be good because they weren't he had to literally put them on their back and carry and you think he's not gonna have to do the same thing i don't think so i mean let let me he's not out doing dueling lebron let me counter your point let me counter your point because you said every series has been different but go back to portland and what was it portland wins game one they're the greatest eight seed of all time the lakers are in trouble (laughs) you know they're getting they're gonna get knocked out they have no guards to contain damian lillard 
get series over in five. The Rockets, they win game one. Russell Westbrook's pounding his chest. They're not going to be able to contain Harden. The small ball lineup, series over in five. That's fair. The Nuggets, they, they go down 3-1. They're the comeback kids. Jamal Murray hits the shimmy after he hits the three down. No, you're right. Game. Series now, over. Let me ask you a question to counter and, and that. Look at this. All right, all right. The Heat win their game. Okay. Jimmy Butler, they're in trouble. Tyler Hero, the snarl. They're coming back. The Heat, ask, okay. They're so good. Now watch this. We all can agree that Dame and uh, James Harden are better than uh, Jimmy Butler, right? Yes. Oh, make, did any of them two have a performance like what Jimmy Butler just had? Did Jimmy Butler I'm get double sure once did, he stepped yeah, past Dame, half court? Dame definitely did. Had a 40-point triple-double? No, but he, he had he, a did, game where he watching the game. Did you, watching the game, did you see, did you did you at any point see, dang, any somebody has done what Jimmy Butler just did? Added, uh, the, the whole playoffs. Only, the only reason, James Harden did it. The only Dame reason, didn't, did it. The only reason why I think that do, that doesn't hold up is because James Harden didn't do it because they literally did not allow him to do it. The defensive scheme they played on him, no other player got that same treatment. If you're telling me Jimmy Butler is getting doubled once he steps past half court, you are lying. No, I'm not. That's I'm what saying, is happening to I'm James saying, Harden all 48 minutes. Okay, that's what that's was happening to him. Yes, but it I'm was. Saying, he I'm, was always getting. What are you talking about? He was always getting double teamed. First of all, it's impossible to be double teamed 48. But you know what I'm game. talking about? Every single time he was on the okay, floor, he I'm, got I'm, double teamed. Once saying, he stepped though, past half though, court, any no, even okay. Jimmy Butler's not getting that treatment. Even even if you could throw James Harden because he gets double teamed, Westbrook didn't have any didn't have any impact on the game. Yeah, but we're talking LA. about the best player. If on Jimmy, the team. if Jimmy, if Jimmy can replicate, not get a 40 point triple double, Jimmy can get maybe a 25, 30 point game and his team can play better than how they played last game because they didn't play perfect, then they can definitely steal another game easily. But that's the thing. Those two things won't well, they, happen. Yeah, they have, like, Jimmy they have Butler to happen. won't play like that and then well, also he won't play as good, but like he's been he's been playing good games one, two, and three. He's been playing pretty solid. So he all he has to do is play good and his team has to play good while he's playing good. If, if and it's a big if, but if they can do that, they can steal game four. I just I think it's over. I think that you're going to see LeBron and AD because AD, AD coming yeah. off a, a stinker of a <clears> game. Then foul trouble again. Those two guys, I think they're going to come in spitting fire. And I just don't I don't think anybody in the league can stop them like this duo mm-hmm. when they are full force like pedal to the metal. I just don't think anybody can stop that and I certainly don't think the Heat Although they've they've had a great season, I love the Heat. Don't take don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. I just don't think that they have the firepower to go punch for punch with the Lakers. Just so the people at home know, Jamal Murray in the win against the Lakers had 28, 12, and eight. So eh. and then Damian Lillard in their win had thirty four, five and five. What so about, what about Harden? Forty point triple double. Let me, let me pull up hard and hold. I, I I am very interested to see though and how LeBron comes out after this. One just keep in mind, Harden got double teamed the entire game. He when he yeah. was on the court. And when you think about it, like when Russell Westbrook started to play well for the very small portion of that series that he played well, LeBron stepped up and guarded him and shut that down. When Jam- Jamal Murray played well, he stepped up and shut and, and and shut that down. When Damian Lillard played well, he switched on to Dame for a couple of, of possessions and shut that LeBron down. LeBron was fouling Jamal Murray. James Harden 36 5 and 2 40 in the win. Point triple double. Beast. Look, but, I don't care about that it's over. But I'm just saying it it, it, it's been shown in the past three series that whenever one player has that monstrous game that the Lakers and What's LeBron are able to adjust to it. Do you it think Jimmy Butler has that game again? Not at all. He cannot. Do you think they win another game? Not at all. Well, I, I didn't say he was going to have another game like that. I just think they're going to steal game four. So 
Yeah, you I just you just over. you just said you don't you, you just said you don't you don't care about that game, but you just said winning uh, memorable moments matter. That's a memorable moment. Do do I think I said you just contradicted the, yourself? When I said memorable moments for the rookie talk, no, I you said memorable moments matter in somebody's career. That matters. That oh, game, it, it yeah, will that matter. definitely going to. No, I'm literally saying, said that. I'm saying. Of course, a moment is a great moment, but it doesn't don't matter. Try to don't, try to, don't try to put salt on his name. Like, it oh, I don't care because it's over. It doesn't over. matter in terms of do this series. It doesn't matter in terms <laughs> of this series. He'll never get to the finals. James Harden will never do that in his life because he will <laughs> Has never. Has Curry ever had ever, a 40-point triple-double in the he finals? had a 47-point game last year. 47. First of all. First of all, <laughs> has James Harden ever made the finals after that year? No. He never will. He's never had a team like Curry had. Curry's on the juggernaut, bro. He was on, he was on the juggernaut one, two times. Two times. The thing is, is that it doesn't matter in terms of the complexion of this series. The series is still going to be over in five or six. It doesn't matter. Jimmy Butler's performance, it was great. Nobody's knocking it. You just but did. he won't do that again. Do I think the Heat can win another game? Yeah, I think it can happen. Anything can happen when you're playing in the finals. But Boom. I just think the Lakers are going to come out. This is this chip the, on their shoulder. This 2020 Heat finals versus the Lakers is the same thing versus the 2009 finals versus the Lakers when Orlando was there. They're going to lose in five, easily. I it's they done. lost in six. No, I think they lost in five. I don't know. You could, y'all could search it up, fact check, do whatever you want. If it's six, if it's five, who cares? The Heat are losing. They're not, making, they're not winning the finals. I'm trying to say who cares. 2009 finals, it was five. Oh, five. Five, okay. All right. Yeah. This is, I feel like this more reminds me of 2001 when uh, AI faced up against Shaq and Kobe. I think this is more memorable than that. You got one guy, the All Star. He is just not one yeah, guy. I, though. I, yeah, I don't. No, think I'm saying no, no, because that that that, that Philly team know. wasn't just one guy. But I'm saying you got the one star, and you got a bunch of good players around, and you got the two superstars on the other end. That wasn't Orlando. That also finished up in five too. I think Hito Turkoglu was an All Star that year. Nah, what Jameer he, Nelson was, but he was injured. They were, the whole they, they were a solid team. I, like I like. Well, nobody expected Miami to go to the finals. No. I don't think they expected Orlando to beat LeBron. They beat LeBron no, to get there. I don't there. think anybody expected That's Orlando true. to beat LeBron that year. But at the end of the day, I just don't think that the Heat can keep up with the Lakers. Yeah. I didn't say that. I, I, didn't, oh, I didn't say Miami was going to win the series now. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> didn't say that. A lot of people Yo, I didn't, are not talking me. Ooh, nah. like it's a new series. The Heat have like this reinvigorated. I bet you they're life. all Heat fans. You can look me in the <laughs> eye. They're all Heat fans. This series is over. The Heat are not winning this series. You can clip this. It's a good run, though. Whatever you want to do, this series, like, just it's over. the camera down? It's over. <laughs> 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 so you think it's over in five, winner? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I cannot see LeBron. But shout out to the Heat, though, because this yeah, has been a really yeah, yeah, yeah. good run. And, and this I, is going to yeah. help them in the long run. Because yeah. a lot and of teams are going to be very listen, good. Listen, I'm a Bulls fan, Knicks fan, Nets fan. We have not seen this in our lifetime. So shout out to you guys. You get to see it repeatedly. The Bulls are going to be very good moving forward, and this was an incredible season. The Bulls season. are the Heat. You they, see the vision? The Heat. Yeah. <laughs> the Bulls. <laughs> I do like what the Bulls are doing, though, but the Heat are going to be very good for the f- very near future, for the years to come. They're going to be a great team because they're a great organization, and this was a major over-exceeding of expectations. So yep. credit to them, but Miami. What they, they were Lakers in right? five. Fifth. Five. Or fifth or fourth, and, and they beat the Pacers. Yeah, they swept the Pacers. I, they, okay, okay. I just want to say that I, I I said that the Heat could be a dark horse when the bubble started. I'm going to start Good plugging job. the, the WSU stuff. Good job for predicting that. I'm going to plug the WSU stuff. I said in our our NBA preview. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> 
We're going to move on to football talk. And this first topic is about the Jets and Adam Gase. So it's just a question, man. Why hasn't Adam Gase been fired yet? There was a report that came out that said he was going to get fired after if they lost to Denver. Colin Coward reported it. He's not a reporter, but whatever. There was a rumor out there, and he they lost to Denver. They lost to a third quarterback, and he's not gone. Like, Jack, you're a Jets fan. What are your thoughts on this? What's wrong with the Jets? Why isn't Adam Gase gone? I'll try and bite my tongue a little bit, but frankly, without mincing words, it's an embarrassment. Like, they're, the Jets are the laughing stock of the NFL right now. And it's not like there's a couple of people who think we should fire the coach. Everybody around the league agrees that Adam Gase is not the guy. It's been proven. Like, the Jets should have been a playoff team last year. There's no debate about it. If they beat the Bengals and the Dolphins, if. They, they are a playoff <laughs> team. And with a good coach, they do not lose those games. It, and, if, yeah, if we could have beat the Bengals, the Dolphins. We could have beat the Bills, too, and, week one. And we said it before the podcast. We blew that lead. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even <laughs> counting that game. We said it before the podcast when we were talking about it. There's a difference between winning and losing games and being a, an NFL football team. Like, I don't expect the Jets to win. I, I don't know if you could attest to that. Like, I go in week to week expecting us to lose because we don't have talent. And I don't care if Bill Belichick was coaching this team. They wouldn't win more than four games because they're just not a talented roster. But there is a big difference between that and not going out and competing whatsoever. Like, not practicing well, which is a report that we've heard from multiple people that the Jets are not practicing well at all having a leader in the locker room, which has been proven since Miami last year that he didn't have his guys behind him when they lost to Miami and, and nobody came out to defend him after the game. Like the leader was Jamal. Yeah. He's, That's he's who it was. he has lost the locker room. He has had lost the locker room since last year. It, it's an embarrassment. Like it is just a joke. And then on top of that, with the way the game ended on Thursday night, not only should Adam Gase be gone, but Greg Williams should be gone. That entire coaching <laughs> staff should be gone. They should clean house. It's I, I don't know how else to put it other than it is an embarrassment. Like you you went on national television <laughs> and looked like a joke. Not only losing the game, but looking like a classless organization the way you finished it out. Everybody should be fired. The Jets are a mess from top to bottom, and the fact that Adam Gase still has his job when Bill O'Brien, a, a guy who's been to the playoffs almost every year he's coached the Texans, lost his job is, is ridiculous. And Dan Quinn's probably going to lose his tonight when they lose to the Packers. <laughs> but it, it's ridiculous. Adam Gase is 5-28 and in, in games decided by 8 points or less, which means he doesn't win close games. You can count on Adam Gase losing those close games. And our biggest problem on Thursday <laughs> was, was penalties, right? We're undisciplined. The no Jets discipline. are the Jets are an undisciplined team. We could have won it if Quentin Williams didn't get a rough in the passer penalty. We could have won. We didn't, right? But Adam Gase <laughs> has started. This is his second year in a row. He's starting 0-4 with the Jets. <clears throat> Last year, he started 0-4. We gave him an excuse because, yes, we were um, starting freaking Luke Falk, yeah, we right? Had the injury. We had, had Luke Falk. Injury. And, and, I, <laughs> and, I, and I was... One of the main defenders of Adam Gase. I said, let's give him time, see what he can do with the hell he He told roster. me Sam Darnold was a superstar. Sam Darnold has superstar yeah, potential. He told me that. So I'm Sam just, Darnold I'm, has I'm superstar potential. I'm waiting to know about superstar. Uh, wait, no, this no, is, no, no. We, we well, you got to relax because this is why he's not a superstar yet. 
This he's been set up to fail. This is yeah, okay. I'm gonna get to that right now. I'm gonna get <laughs> to that. I'm gonna get to that right now. Do you think, do you think? The problem with the Jets is that Adam Gase is one of the most he's the mo- one of the most horrible coaches I've ever seen. His his game plans, his adjustments, he has no adjustments. His game plans are horrible. The Jets started off 0-4 last year. We have a starting quarterback this year. We start off 0-4, and none of the games are competitive outside of the Broncos. In Miami, he started 1-5 his first season there, so he's known to be a loser. He's a loser everywhere <laughs> he's gone. He is still he's a, a loser. <laughs> he is still riding the coattails of coaching under Peyton Manning. Can I ask a question, anybody, I could have been on the sidelines with Jets, Peyton Manning. Jets fans. Because this, this is kind of your topic, because you guys, we're, we're yeah. going to let you guys go crazy. This is your thing. <laughs> this is, go ahead. I just have a quick question. Do you guys think it's, do you guys, is it fair to say it's all adding gates? Is your team good enough to it, be no, better no, no, than Listen, no, this, no, is, no, this, no. Is, this is, this is what I'm going to say. The Jets have been 31st in offense since Adam Gase has took has been the head coach. I think 30th or worse, right? Mm. You see what Kyle Shanahan is doing with Nick Mullins and George Kittle out. No, they have no star receiver either. And they're still competitive. They're still drawing up plays. Adam Gase just isn't a good offensive play caller. That's what it is. Let's just call it how we see it. But the problem is that the Jets have failed Sam Darnold. And I'm not going to let Joe Douglas off the hook for this. I'm just not. (laughs) Because the reason I'm not is because you didn't sign Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is is top six in receiving yards right now in the NFL. He's thirty. He's less than thirty yards away from being number one in receiving yards. He's playing for the Panthers with his old coach and Matt Rule, a coach we could have had if the Jets let him pick his coaching staff. Well, that was that that wasn't Douglas. That wasn't Douglas. But this is what happened with Douglas, right? Mm -hmm. You could have re-signed Robbie. Instead, you get a replacement of Brashard Perriman, who was a first-round bust with the Ravens, and Wilner could attest to that. Brashard Perriman has been a disappointment. The only reason we signed is because he had a good four stretch of games with the Buccaneers where he looked like a number one, but he was never going to be that. Robbie's better than him. The, the knock on Robbie is that he's a number two receiver, right? But we don't even have a one. We don't even have a two. Robbie would have been. Mims hasn't played yet? He that's hasn't the, played that's yet. That's the thing. But th- this is what I want to say, too. Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins were on the trade block. Great. Right? They were on the trade block. Joe Douglas made no attempt this to trade for Roseman them. Too. Sam Donald's on his rookie deal, and you as a general manager make no attempt to get him talent. You make no attempt. DeAndre Hopkins was traded for Roseman. David Johnson. Stefan Diggs was traded for a first-round pick, a second, and a sixth. DeAndre was traded for a bag of chips. Let's just be <laughs> honest. He was, traded, he was traded for a second. Hopkins was traded for a second-round pick and a fourth-rounder. Our second round pick this year was Denzel Mims and David Johnson and yeah and David Johnson. Well, David Johnson could have given them or whatever. Yeah, we could have given him whatever piece, right? Denzel Mims was our second rounder and Lamichael P. Ryan. Are you trading Denzel Mims and Lamichael P. Ryan for DeAndre Hopkins? I think I would do that in a heartbeat. We do that trade. Our receiving core is Robbie Anderson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jameson Crowder. Donald can work with that. Right. Instead, we let we let the Bills get a number one wide receiver. And they look, John, I I was telling you this the other day. John Brown is John Brown is Robbie Anderson. Let's just be honest. John Brown, Robbie Anderson, the same type of player. Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, the same type of player. We just needed a number one. It's it's so disappointing that in Donald's rookie season, these were his weapons, his rookie season, the year that he had no weapons. Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson. Right. Terrell Pryor. Quincy Anunwa and Chris Herndon. <laughs> what the? F- in 2020, this year, Sam Donald's weapons are Jameson Crowder, 
Braxton Berrios, Chris Hogan, and Jeff Smith. Those are the people that suit up and go out there and line up. But Chris Not Hogan, even Jameson Crowder until Mammoth Legend, Chris Hogan. Well, uh, Put some respect on. Let his me say. <laughs> let me say one thing to counter your point. And I will say, to your point, look at. Tonight, the New England Patriots, without their starting quarterback, they ran out Brian Hoyer with no receiving talent, and they still had a 6-3 game at halftime with the best team in the NFL. Absolutely. Because Bill Belichick is a great coach. They lost the game. They lost 26-10. But it was 6-3 They scored 20 in the fourth? Yeah, it was (laughs) 6-3 at halftime against Uh the best team in football because Bill Belichick is a great coach, and he will never have his team go out there looking embarrassed. If Bill Belichick was coaching the Jets, they might win four or five games. They still would not be a good team, but I promise you they would fight every week. They would look like a football team. Right now, the Jets don't look like an NFL football team. Like, even the Giants, who were also really bad, put up a fight. Like, they could have won that game against the Rams on Sunday, against a, a, re, a good Rams team. And the Jets just don't, like, I feel no life coming from the Jets. I just don't. Sam Darnold is, I feel so bad for Darnold, and I feel bad because Joe Douglas, we anointed him this savior because he was able to finesse a couple picks for a superstar player, right? But Joe Douglas, he goes out and he says, we're going to revamp this offensive line. We signed Greg Van Roten. We re-signed Alex Lewis. They are the worst starting guard duo in the NFL. And Brian Winters is better than Greg Van Roten. I don't know why we'd get Greg Van Roten to replace Brian Winters. Brian Winters was our best offensive lineman. He's not great, but he's not bad. He's not Greg Van Roten. I saw Greg Van Roten play in, in uh, Carolina. He was never that good. He was never supposed to replace Brian Winters. But my main point with Joe Douglas, my main problem with him is that we don't trade for a number one. Right, You don't make it a priority to trade for a number one wide receiver, but you make it a priority to re-sign Ryan and Griffin? <laughs> like, we re-signed Ryan and Griffin before we made any kind of But the Ryan Griffin deal, move. the Ryan Griffin deal was not at the caliber of a Robbie Anderson deal. Robbie Anderson was a pretty coveted wide receiver in free agency. We, we paid... Brashad Perriman, $2 million less than Robbie. But it wasn't a, there was no commitment to Brashad Perriman. It was a one-year deal. Robbie's on a two-year there there's much there's much of a difference the one thing that i and robbie anderson would not be doing what he's doing in carolina in new york just because maybe if we have a hopkins he would it, well deandre hopkins would get his anywhere but would that solve your problems and this is the this is my counterpoint to your argument is that deandre hopkins is not saving us neither is stefan diggs Joe Douglas right now is playing the long game, and that is why he asked for a six-year deal coming in is because this team was not being fixed in one year. It's not being fixed in three years, and it's the main reason why I think Sam Darnold is not going to be the future quarterback for the Jets because his rookie deal is going to expire. We talked about it. His rookie deal is going to expire, and we're not going to be ready to win yet. And As a Jets fan, I'm tired of playing the long game. I want to win now. <laughs> well, yeah, so am I, but you've never had a real GM. You had John Isdick and Mike McCagden who were playing Madden. If In Joe Douglas was an aggressive was aggressive was an aggressive GM, we could have had an offense of Darnold, DeAndre Hopkins, Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, Christopher Herndon, and Le'Veon and Bell. And won six That's, games. No, I don't think so. We would not have Jamal competed. Adams would have never been traded. If Jamal Adams sees that we trade for Hopkins, Jamal, he doesn't want out. Jamal I Adams, guarantee it. Jamal Adams was gone at the trade. Deadline. Jamal Adams wanted to leave because we were losing. If he sees, <laughs> if he sees that we're we're looking to win, if we trade for DeAndre Hopkins, then we would have been good. Um, Jamal Adams was the main person that told the Jets and wanted the Jets to sign Le'Veon Bell. He wants talent in New York, but he sees that 
Jamal Adams isn't dumb. He saw that the Jets were going to suit up Jeff Smith and Chris Hogan as starters. That's why he left. But at nothing the end of the day, nothing he, was getting better. Even trading for DeAndre Hopkins would have been a mirage, just like signing Le'Veon Bell was, because our offensive line is still not good. Our defense is not good. It is is bad without J. Without I have Jamal. This, I have this theory, right? A great offensive line makes mediocre mediocre receivers look good. A great receiving Give me an core. A, San Francisco. Boom. Okay. A great receiving core. Makes a bad offensive line look better than they are. Houston is a perfect example. I was just about, I was Arizona just, is a perfect example. Houston, Houston has Deshaun Watson though, who is not. Sam Darnold is not on Deshaun Watson's level. And, I and love Deshaun Watson, he'd be running for his life. That exactly. offensive line is terrible. Exactly. Sam Darnold <laughs> is, and, and it is because of the Jets that he's not there yet. But Sam Darnold is not on that level, and we have really we haven't given him the chance to even prove that he can be near. And it. we wouldn't have because he still wouldn't have had an offensive line. He still would have been running for his life, but he couldn't do it at the level that <laughs> Yo, Deshaun Watson for his life. <laughs> but I think I think the offensive line wouldn't be such a glaring issue if our receivers can get separation and he can let go of the ball quicker. But he can't because we got no receivers. But when you look at Lawrence, it, like, Lawrence Cager, Sam Darnold is Who still is missing oh, throws. <laughs> like he's still making erratic plays. He's still missing throws, and I do think that a lot of that has to do with how he's been developed as a quarterback and the fact that he has to learn under Adam Gase, which is a joke. But I, I think that the first move that needs to be made for the Jets to take steps fire towards Adam success Gase. is fire Adam. No, Gase. I agree every with that. day that he is in the organization is a wasted day. Yeah, and. Wow. You are you are not making any progress forward with Adam Gase at the helm. I agree and with that. I'm not mincing words like that's just what it is. We've watched it for two years. Yeah. We watched it in Miami too. Every every star that he's been around has wanted out. Have we realized that? Like nobody wants to play for Adam Gase. Except Frank Gore. Except Frank Gore, who is just he's making his AFC Look, East. I, I tour. know I know that Adam Gase is the biggest problem with the Jets, but I also can't just be blind to what Joe Douglas hasn't done to try to get this roster better. I just think that we can't judge Joe Douglas. We yet. we we, we already we said Joe Douglas has a great draft, right? We say he had a great draft, still to be determined. No. Mekhi Becton is screw Mecca Becton. Forget him, bro. He's been the best. Makai Becton Makai Becton is a great Makai Becton is a great left tackle. He's a great left tackle, but we don't know what Denzel is going to be. We don't know what Piran is going to be. We don't know what Ashton Davis is going to be. We don't know if this draft class is oh. going to be any good. And hold on. Before we go any further, mm. I want to say another point <laughs> why the Jets coaching staff should have been fired before they even got into the locker room on Thursday Talk to me. is, one, they put out rookie Makai Becton with a shoulder issue that he sh- should not have even been suited up. Mm-hmm. It's a joke that he was even in uniform, and they put him out there. That's ridiculous, number one. And they put Sam Darnold back out there with a, a sprained AC joint just because he said he was okay to play. So you you just risked your two biggest building pieces for the franchise in a Thursday night game against a bad team in the Broncos in a season that is already lost. It's an embarrassment. Oh, top to bottom, this it's is an why, embarrassment. This is why I have no hope for the Jets, right? <laughs> we might get the number one pick. Fine. Who cares? But if Adam Gase... We don't trust Adam Gase's judgment, right? Nobody here. I guess nobody here does, unless no. unless you do speak up. Oh, but nobody no, I'm, does. I'm here with you. <laughs> but he's supposed Adam, to be a quarterback girl. Does. Adam Gase <laughs> handpicked Joe Douglas to be the GM. So if but, you don't trust his his 
his knowledge on anything else, why should we trust that Joe Douglas is the guy when he was handpicked by Adam Gase? Joe Douglas has a resume, though. He won in Baltimore. He won in Philly. He was like the he assistance. Was a, he, but he was a big this, piece this is in his building first, This teams. is his first real legitimate GM job. Got to let the Jets fans go crazy. No, nah, I was just going to ask, since we're on the topic of the draft, do you think you guys should tank for Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's it's not, I think Trevor's. It's a lot of 0 and 14. I don't think right it's now. an option. Like, I don't think it's a question should we or shouldn't we? It's will, like, it's, it's I don't are going think to. we're not going to win games. Like, I honestly believe that we are going to go on 16. When you look at our schedule, I like, wish we played you guys. there are maybe two or three potentially winnable games on our schedule. I don't see where we're going to pick up a win this year. Unless we sneak one out against the Dolphins, which I realistically can't see because the Dolphins Flores, went toe-to-toe with the Seahawks. Brian Flores makes Adam Gase look like he's still playing in the sandbox at elementary school. And even though they're not a talented team, like Adam Gase is just going to get outcoached. And, and they, ha- they still have better talent than the Jets. Yeah. But I think that when it comes to Joe Douglas, we need to give him time. First move that he needs to make is Adam Gates can't survive the season. We have to add Adam Gates for this uh, show right here. <laughs> I would love to hear a comment from him. If he could defend himself, if he could defend himself, I'd love to hear it because I don't know what he could say that could you know, excuse what he's done in two years. It's been a joke. And he sh- and you could count the amount of times that I've said joke and embarrassment in this segment, and it's more ga- it's more than the amount of games we've won in two years. Yo, that's crazy. But Adam <laughs> Adam Gase needs. I mean, to if go. there's one thing that Adam Gase knows how to do, it's defend. He he defends other defensive statistics so they can look like the best ones in the league every single week. Because he's such a horrible coach. Like, yeah, Adam Gase needs to go, but also. That's the I'm first not move. off the topic of Joe Douglas. But like he has to com- prove something. When it comes to Joe Douglas, when it comes to Joe Douglas, I want to give him some time because he hit on the Mackay Becton pick. I think we could agree on that from what we've seen on him so far. He was arguably the best rookie selected so far. And Denzel Mims, we haven't seen yet. I want to see what he, he does in the NFL. Yeah, we'll Same see. Same thing with Bryce Hall, who was considered to be a great steal late in the draft. Ashton Davis, we haven't seen a lot from yet. So there are some picks that I want to see something from before I make a judgment on him, and I want to see what he does with the the twenty eight million dollars that he saved this year in free agency because that twenty eight million dollars it wasn't going to turn us into a competitor this year. So I'd rather save that moving forward, build through the draft a little bit. Three years down the line, when we have a, a couple of Joe Douglas drafts in our in our system, building under hopefully a new head coach, Eric Bieniemy or, or somebody like that. The fact that we could have had him two years ago or Cliff Kingsbury or Matt Rule makes me sick to my stomach. But if we can get a good head coach in here, get two or three Joe Douglas drafts under our belt and have that cap space and maybe Trevor Lawrence or maybe a revitalized Sam Darnold under a new head coach, I think we can start to see some positives. But if we get to year three and we're looking at the same situation and another failed head coach then uh, I'll be on your bandwagon. We'll see. Okay. Uh, you guys are good? You guys straight? You're, you're good? <laughs> We're good. You're good? We're good. Just make sure you guys are good, you know. We had to let you guys get that out. Just sit back real quick. Yeah. Just enjoy the show. Yeah, just enjoying you guys going. Your we're about to talk about right. a functional team, a team that's 3-1. and one. Oh, we're division winners, by the way. Not by a lot. Shut like up. Half a game. You're at the bottom. We're still, if we were in the NFCs, we'd be one win away from being first place. But you'd be the no Clemson, win. The Clemson wait, wait, Tigers wait. could win that division. Easily. But you guys can't. Mm-hmm. No, we I could. Think we yeah, could. you guys can't. 
It's not saying much. Yeah. I mean, we're going to end up the year 10 and 6. Nah, I can't. Can't. Nah, yeah, can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to draw. 10 to 5 and 1. Wow. Because you know Chicago what? Chicago Bears. We're going to beat the Steelers next week. Ooh. We're going to lose to the Ravens. Oh, then we're going to beat the Steelers. We're going to lose to the Cowboys one time. That's going to be our losses. Ravens, Cowboys, Seahawks. Nah, hold on. I need to... That's crazy. I, I, I believe. I, I don't think y'all will beat the Steelers. I'm gonna be honest. I think we can. Wasn't I think it, you can. It was yes, literally no, like last week that you were talking about Carson Wentz <laughs> might not be the guy. And then what happened? We <laughs> go out, we beat the Niners, and I'm like, he didn't even have a great. He game. had one great half. Yeah, he All had right. one great quarter. We beat the and Niners. Now everybody's back on board. The Steelers, the, their combined record, their three games, their three teams that they played, the combined record of one and eleven. They ain't played nobody yet. We can the same amount of wins you guys have. You love to talk with no wins. It's crazy to me. Like, I'm not a no win yeah, four. This has, this has nothing to do with the Jets. No, I'm just gonna let that one slide. You think? Do you think that the Bears are going to be better with Nick Foles than with Mitchell Trubisky? They're three and one right now. I, I don't know. I don't know either. That's they're the fakest three and one team in the history <laughs> of three and one teams. First of all, they should have lost to the Detroit Lions that DeAndre Swift could have. Caught, caught the ball, yeah. An easy pass. Should have lost to the Falcons too. Should have lost to the Falcons if. So basically, they, they should be what lead. one and three. Yeah, we're basically but, saying, but they are three <laughs> and, and one. And they beat though. the Giants when they lost Saquon. Not a good team. So like, I don't know. I, I, like I don't think that they're a good team either way. What's your take, Mister Nick Foles fan? I think they're he's gonna make them way better. I mean, you look Yikes. and this is the reason why is that. They're three and one right now. They're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs this year, no doubt about it. It's, it's the Chicago Bears. Nick Foles, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Something Carson Wentz has never done. He's never even won a playoff game. But Nick Foles <laughs> is going to take this team to the playoffs, and it's because he can throw the deep ball. That's really why Mitchell Trubisky couldn't read defenses. The reason that Mitchell Trubisky got benched is because he he threw it to Jimmy Graham when the defense was sitting in a zone. He didn't read the defense. It was a drag route. He completely flopped, and it was an interception, right? That's why they benched Trubisky, and Nick Foles led the comeback because he threw it deep. Mitchell Trubisky is so hesitant to pass the ball down the field. He doesn't stretch the field whatsoever. And, look, these numbers show it, right? Allen Robinson, the first two games when Trubisky was starting, they faced the Lions and the Giants, and Robinson didn't have a 100-yard receiving game. As soon as Nick Foles steps in, Against Atlanta, he gets 100 yards. And now against the Indianapolis Colts, he had another 100-yard game with Nick Foles. And the Colts, you guys might be saying, oh, it's just the Colts. The Colts have the number one ranked defense right now, the number one ranked pass defense, and fourth in rushing. So they're a great defensive team. Who have they played? Oh, man. Have you seen their schedule before you? The Colts or the Bears? The Bears? Yeah, before I know you the spoke. Bear, the Bear, <laughs> I did see the schedule. because I did see the schedule. I, I think the Bears are going to make the playoffs. And Nick Foles, like I said, he stretches the field. And the Bears have an elite defense still. Their wide receivers are deep threats, something that didn't fit Trubisky. Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, who's a rookie, who's really good. Allen Robinson. And Nobody he's gonna say make, excuse me. <laughs> I, didn't even, I, didn't I thought we were just going to let it ride yeah, like, I, know, it crazy, gonna, I was going to say But I was like we're on the podcast I don't want Because the was, people listening right now was like oh what happened like, like, I just saw that I'm like yo Because like, you, you just kept talking like, <laughs> <laughs> He just he looked at me God and then just kept you. talking Thank you <laughs> no, You're crazy 
Nick Foles, every single time he's gotten a spot to step in that wasn't a dysfunctional organization like the Jaguars, he's proved himself, right? On the Eagles, he might have more wins. He's only really under, had he, one he might, opportunity to step in. He might have more wins under his belt in Philly than Carson Wentz does. You know, no, Nick Foles was he does it. really he, you tried it, but he does it. He is close in the in the amount of games that he played is pretty like if we're playing percentage wise, it's probably better percentage but wise, right? Do you uh, hold what's on, wrong hold with on, him? Hold on. I don't <laughs> think Nick Foles could be that guy. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. Because the Jaguars exactly that's what I was saying. Like you looked at okay, he was able to come in with the Eagles, was able to come in after uh, Carson Wentz went down and was able to win the Super Bowl. Yes, of course. And then he goes to the Jaguars. They look at him. They they look at they look at Nick Foles like okay, you're gonna be you know you could be somebody at Jacksonville. Goes 0-4 in Jacksonville, and then they put in Gardner Minshew, and Gardner Minshew was able to go 500 for the rest of the season, and then Nick Foles had to find another team. I, For whatever reason, I don't know why, for whatever reason, Nick Foles just cannot be QB1. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a, a personnel thing or whatever it is. But it just seems like, at least for the past two years, he just can't be that QB1. So I think – it's not going to be that big of a difference, yeah. either Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. I think, yes, Nick Foles does have a little bit more to give than Mitchell Trubisky has shown in his couple of years in the league. But I don't think it's going to be a huge difference where we're going to be like, oh, the Bears are, are going to be a crazy offensive threat throughout the rest of the season. I like Nick Foles a lot. He's a really good dude. I'm glad he won that ring in Philadelphia, and I wish him success, but – he needs to be on a team that has like good ta- like top tier talent around. Him. I think the Bears do. Allen Robinson is defi- number one. I definitely don't think they do. Allen Robinson is number that's, one. That's where we are having like a little disconnect here. Is I don't think they have the talent that Nick Foles can succeed. But like the Bears would need a a superstar or s- even star quarterback could succeed with the Bears. And I don't think that he is that guy. Uh, my question to you is. Are you saying that the Bears are going to win that division? No. Because <laughs> if not, then tell me how they're getting a playoff spot because you have realistically four can, NFC though. West teams that could be a playoff team and two really? NFC South teams that could Don't be a playoff Don't forget our division. I mean, you, you could talk about the NFC West, right, four, but the – Don't forget the, our division. The Cardinals – Every team in that division. <laughs> our division the Cardinals are two and two. Yo, our division the Cardinals are two and two, and the Forty Niners are two and two. The Bears are better than both of them right now. So, if well, the Forty Niners have also been yeah. majorly healthy. Hurt. But, Niners, who, but they the, are going to the be. Bears are, the Bears the aren't better than the healthy Niners. The Bears but the are, Niners think, aren't healthy. I don't think the Bears are better than an injured Niners. No, I don't. I just beat them. I just wanted to throw that. Out this there. is look. There's seven playoff spots. They can definitely make the playoffs. And I wouldn't rule. I wouldn't pick them to win the division. But I wouldn't rule it out either. I do you think Green Bay is going to keep. Doing what they're doing, Alan Lazard. If you, if you Alan trust, Lazard is out a month. If you could trust Chicago, you can definitely trust Green Bay. Alan Lazard is out a month. Currently, they're beating the Falcons twenty to three going into half. Here so we go. They're so going to move to four this Thursday. Now. We got we got yeah. Bucks coming up for Chicago. Bucks coming up. Panthers, Rams, and Saints, and the Titans, and the Vikings, and the Packers, and the Lions. Name the, the first Titans. six teams. First six. Okay, so Bucks, Bucks, Panthers, Rams, Saints, Titans, Vikings. Bye. I see. I see three L's. I see two and four, three and three. 
I don't and think how that's do you bad. recover from that? How how could you possibly if they go three and three? If they go three and three, they're six. They, they and have five. to hope in the NFC West. No, they're teams six and fall. Four. Teams fall. Teams they would fall. have to hope that two two of the teams in the NFC West crumple. You, oh. And even the NFC South, they have to hope that the Saints keep playing mediocre. Like, but I think a all lot the teams. What the Saints named, are three and one, right? Saints are two and two. I think all of the teams that you named, Chicago can beat outside of Tampa Bay, and I think even I think they Tampa can beat. Bay, they, but I also think they can lose those games too. No, yeah, but that's that's what mm-hmm. the NFL is, right? It's yeah. it's a make or miss league. It's I don't lose. think they could beat the Bucks. I think it'll be a closer game than, than you think it will be. Well, I mean, close game or not, it's still L. Yeah, but I think if if it's a close game, you have a chance to win. It's not going like, to be like they don't have a chance. But to then win. that means you're putting your trust into Nick Foles. What easy? Didn't games? you do that? And he threw 500 yards against Tom Brady. He did. Yeah, and, he that, do and that was now one Talk game. about that Atlanta game. You, like, love to forget that game. Talk about it. Talk about it. The most First, important wait, Let's fact check you right here. You tried to say Nick Foles has more wins than Carson Wentz. No, I said percentage No, that's what you wise. said. I no, said percentage-wise. No, so you look you at the percentages. He's, he's Carson Wentz has better. 33 wins. Is, Nick Foles has 21. Is he 500, though? Carson Wentz? 30? He's definitely over 500. He couldn't be because his uh, rookie. I can see right now. I don't think so. You could check Nick Foles win-loss record in Philly and Carson Wentz win loss record in Philly and then So you're gonna just throw per- that out blatantly. No, see the percentages. I know Carson Wentz. Are we has going more. QB record? QB record. QB so record in Philly and Carson Nick Wentz Foles. is thirty three and twenty six. Oh, 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 oh and one. Tied and, and, and why are you doing and that? one. Yeah. <laughs> you lost and, in the and one. Uh Nick Foles in Philly is twenty one and eleven. Wow, that's way better. He played more games. No, so percentage wise, Nick Foles but who is has better. More wins, he's though? more. He's a better winner. Percentage wise, he's a better winner than Carson Wentz. You, what? But who has more wins though? If <laughs> I have more play, wins, do you? How are you a better play, winner than me? Because I win most of the games that I play. I win more games than you though. No, you've. I've Carson had thirty three wins. You Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has only won six more games than he's lost. Nick Foles. But has he's won also. But he's won twelve more games than and, you. And, and I also think that Nick Foles has been bet. Put in better situations than Carson. Wentz teams. Carson Wentz has. Let's remember, Wentz rookie year was trash. Wait, how many playoff wins does Carson Wentz has? He, has a, he only played one, not he even one. Oh, okay. He played like a quarter. Oh, okay. okay. Carson Wentz has a better completion percentage, more touchdowns. That was we knew that though. That so, was the, you didn't need to say all that. Let me I'm ask you something about the better Bears. touchdown percentage. What about <laughs> pull up the playoff stats? Does Carson Wentz even have? Pull up Atlanta. Pull up Atlanta. Please pull up Atlanta. Please pull up Atlanta. Nick Foles has had doesn't. I mean, Carson Wentz has no stats in the playoffs. Get out because of here. the one year he had a real shot to play in the playoffs, he got hurt. Whose fault is that? It's his. Wait, are you? Su- wow, that's, that's, what, that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Okay. But when you uh, taking it back to the Bears, like you look at that schedule, they really only have. You said you could see them winning those games. You said you could see them losing those games. The only cupcake game that they have on the schedule is Jacksonville, and even that's a game that like. I don't fully count Jacksonville out of. I do. Not going to lie. I, I you, you look at the Bears I much do. higher than I do. Because I, I, I've seen every single game that they played this season. Like I, it's a, I really do like the Bears. I'm not super sold on them, but I really do think that Nick Foles gives them a better dynamic, and he makes this offense a threat to beat you vertically. And the all these receivers, their game style, their deep threats. Mitchell Trubisky couldn't take advantage of that. You know, we talk about Foles, but I don't think we realize how bad Trubisky was. Like we also know that Trubisky Foles isn't that great. Trubisky was so bad that he didn't even give this offense a chance. Like Nick Foles, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the plays he's making, and he's a risk taker. He's a gunslinger. It's part of the reason why he won a Super Bowl for the Eagles. You know, he was taking those risks. He was, he was taking the best those, position. He was ever. taking those chances. 
I mean, he he was who he was, was he who was, was the number one wide receiver. That, who was who was number one wide receiver? The same guy he had, Alshon Jeffrey, right? And no, you're Alshon, the same guy yeah, that Alshon, you, you're yeah. the same guy that said Alshon Jeffrey sucks. So his number one was a guy that sucks, right? So it was Wentz, and he was about to win MVP. Nick Foles has never in his life ever even been considered to win MVP. No, he was the year that he went like at 27 touchdowns, three interceptions with uh with a uh, Chip Kelly. 27 did he win it? He didn't win, but he was about to. Carson Wentz didn't win it either, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Carson Wentz was the clear cut favorite. He was gonna win it. He didn't win it though. That's all right. Sam Darnold never win it. <laughs> no, we talking about Nick Foles <laughs> and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz never won a Super Bowl. I think that you've I, never seen your team win one. We're talking about Nick Foles and <laughs> but Carson no, but Wentz. don't do don't bring up Super Bowl. If you've I never mean, seen te- your team win one. Technically, Carson Wentz did win one. He has one. He's he not going to yeah. win one being a starter of an NFL team. Are you guys going to get there? <laughs> How are you going to throw we'll, jokes? We'll, we'll, and you win, one, been we'll there. win one before Carson Wentz wins one. Will you win one? Will you get to the get back to the playoffs first, and then we can have a? If we never win a Super Bowl. As long as I'm alive, that'll be the same amount that Carson Wentz has won as a starter. Yeah, but you'll still never see one. I've seen one. Like you understand. But we're talking about Wentz, though. We're not talking about. We're not talking about. You you can't talk about about Super Bowl if you haven't won one, and you can't talk about the playoffs if you haven't been there in a decade. It's been a decade. So why are you talking for Carson Wentz? Because he's been there. He just got hurt last year. He literally just got hurt. Though (laughs) has Donald played a one? He will. Who's the quarterback before that? Right, Fitzpatrick has he he played in one with you guys? Yeah. No, with you guys. Oh, with us? Yeah, he, no. he played in one. I don't know with us. Oh, oh. <laughs> what about Geno Smith? You guys picked him, didn't you? Oh yeah, Geno Smith. Didn't so, he get punched in get, his get, face? Get to Mark Sanchez. That was a decade ago. I'm not going that far. Like get to Mark that's ridiculous. That's oh, did Mark Sanchez win Carson one? Wentz. Did Mark Sanchez win one? He was close. I don't want to hear close. I want to hear, did you win one, yes or no? All I hear right now is that you're praising Nick Foles because he's the one that won one for you guys. I'm praising the team. So you should think, was, you should thank put, Nick Foles right now. He was now. putting, please. You should thank Nick the, Foles. He was put in the best position to win. When it comes to. And if it wasn't for Jalen Mills making that play on Julio Jones to stop him on fourth at the goal line, Nick Foles, we wouldn't even be speaking about Nick Foles. But he did. Defense won us that game. He played well against the Vikings. He played great against the Patriots. I'm not going to deny that. But. Let's stop acting like he wasn't, bro. We were we walked in with a number one seat. He all he had to do was play good. We had home court, but home he didn't just advantage. play good. He played elite, especially against the Patriots. He played. He elite. did play elite against the. Patriots. He played elite against the Patriots. He keeps talking about like at a hole. He played elite when he didn't. The most important game of the season. This guy. But that's matters. it's still one game. It matters. It's, it's crazy. That look, look, one game is more important than every game happened. Carson Wentz has ever played in his career. Absolutely. That what happened in Jacksonville Absolutely. though? Exactly. In Jacksonville, too much dysfunction. He played horrible the first game. You gonna blame that on the dysfunction? Wait, Nick Foles played horrible his first game in Jacksonville. Yes. No, he didn't. He threw a touchdown pass and he got hurt on his shoulder. Do your facts. You don't know your facts, bro. Come on. You're the same guy who's saying Nick Foles is balling right now. You did you see his QB rating? It's horrible. He is balling right now. What? Do you watch the did film? See- I watch the film. I watch the games. He's oh. playing really well right oh, now. Oh man, did he's I playing know. really well. Do I? Do I? I. It, it's a totally different conversation. Do they have a better chance with Nick Foles or? Can they be a playoff team in Nick Foles? No, yeah, because but I think that yes, he gives them a better chance for the reasons you mentioned. He's a different quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, especially at this point in Trubisky's career. He has not progressed to the level that Nick Foles is at. He's going to take more risks downfield, and like you said, it shows in the numbers. But I still don't see any way that they could be a playoff team this year. Just if for no other reason than the NFC is stacked. I think they have a chance, but I also do think that the. Bears are way better with Foles than with Trubisky. And Riv, I th- you were kind of slick trying to talk about Nick Foles' QB rating 
Carson Wentz is the worst rated quarterback in the league right we now. We knew that though. So what are you talking about? <laughs> we, we, we all you, knew that. You want to talk about Foles? Wentz is the worst one in Nick the league Foles, right now. Nick Foles was was literally a backup for Mitch Trubisky. I promise you, Carson Wentz would never be that in his life. There's a reason for that. He sucks. There's politics. Everybody knows Who the politics. Only, everybody for knows Mitch Trubisky. They selected him with the second overall pick. On, they had bro. to. They're ridiculous. Literally, the only reason he was playing was because they had us. They had to give him at least a chance to succeed. That's the only reason why. But, Jay, you want to downplay Nick Foles, man? He won your Super Bowl. You better give him some respect. Simple as that. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the NFC West division. This guy is division. terrible. I'm looking at his numbers. Nick Foles sucks, <laughs> bro. He's terrible, bro. Oh, my God, bro. We're going to talk about the <laughs> NFC West. Yo, he's bad. Like The Seahawks are 4-0 right now. The Rams are 3-1. The Cardinals are two and two, and the 49ers are two and two. This is the only division in football that every single team in the division is five hundred. Every single team in the division has a better record than the Eagles, who are first in their division, right? They also have a bet. You know what? So I just want to ask you guys: Who are you guys predicting to win this division? I'm gonna start with you, Wilner. Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Seahawks. I mean, when you when you're undefeated right now, you have that one game advantage in the conference. I mean, that's a huge point. And I think Russell Wilson is playing with a chip on his shoulder this season, uh, to say the least. And I think that team uh, that Russell Wilson has with him, both on the offensive side and the defensive side as well, is honestly really good. Um, so I, I don't see the Seahawks falling out of that top spot. I think that they'll find a way to win the division. I'm I'm a, I'm a agree with him. I, if I, if the Niners were healthy, I would have said the Niners. But I'm gonna go with uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. The way he's playing, he's playing like MVP talent. And I think that team is just so full forced on being behind Russell Wilson. He's a great leader. Bobby Wagner. They got Jalen Adams now. I think they have a great team and a great core. And I think uh, Russell Wilson is gonna be able to keep them on pace and keep them. At base, so they can be the number one team in the NFC West. And they won even without Adams this past week. I, I also Granted, think... Granted, it was against the Dolphins. Yeah. You can't beat the Dolphins. <laughs> so don't do that. I, you just said, don't I do hope that. he don't. I want Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Seahawks are the easy pick in this division. I just think that when you look at the division, it's a bunch of very good teams, but the Seahawks are an elite team with an elite quarterback who's going to win the MVP. I don't think that... No, they're Where not. they're at right now, they're elite. With okay. with Bosa out for the season, Garoppolo right, right, right. is going to be coming back. You don't know what what's going to be up with him outside a high ankle sprain. Um, they, they're dealing with a bunch of injuries right now. So I think right now the Niners, even with the injuries, are a good to very good team. The same thing with the Rams. I'm not sold on them being elite yet, and and Jared Goff, I'm still not sold on fully yet. I love Jared Goff. The way the really? way, at least not the way I'm sold on Russell Wilson. Like I know what I'm getting no, on yeah, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. every week. And, and the same thing with the Cardinals. They're young, but I think that they are still a good to very good team. But the Seahawks are on a different level. And I think the Seahawks would win any division in football except for maybe the AFC West because of the Chiefs. I think that the Seahawks are the second best team in but football. But what about the AFC North? No offense to the Ravens. Ravens. No offense to the Ravens. I think the, Seahawks, I think that the Seahawks are the second best team in football, and I think they're going to win the division easily. Which is saying a lot because I think, I think just the the NFC West is the best division in football. I think what separates them that division is the QB. Russell Wilson, yeah. Wilson is by far the best QB in you that division. You talked about the Seahawks being an elite team. I think they're an elite offense. Their defense is one of the worst in the NFL. So I think they have an elite offense. I wouldn't call them an elite team because I think you have to have a complete team to be an elite team. Mm. 
Russell Wilson is the only reason why I'm even considering the Seahawks to be first in the NFC West. But I think the most complete team in that division are the Rams. The Rams are rejuvenated. Last year, Sean McVay's offense kind of stagnated. He went back. He looked at the film. They lost against the Ravens. They got they got blown out. I know you you probably watched the game. It wasn't even a contest. But because of that game, Sean McVay learned. He put play designs from the Ravens system into their system. And they've been doing this all using those plays all year. And because of that, their offense has been unstoppable. That's why every single pass you see from Jared Goff is a play action. You know, he barely's in the shotgun. They've stolen from the Ravens offense and it's been working so far. And I think their defense is really good too. I think they have the fifth ranked defense or fifteenth ranked defense. One of those. Fifth so, or fifteenth. Yeah, because I know the Rams offense is the fifth ranked offense or the fifteenth ranked offense. And so you think it's you'd like okay. it's one of those. So you could try to fact check me. I know you guys have the computer right there, but the Rams are the most complete team. I trust Jalen Ramsey. I trust Aaron Donald. I trust their coaching. Sean McVay. Jalen Ramsey is probably going to miss some time. I would is? imagine after. He what just, happened this week against the Lions? They just Lions. fought. You didn't yeah. see it? Oh, they just yeah, fought. Maybe a game or a fine. I get there are some things off the field, but if you're Jalen Ramsey, you got to be smarter than to put yourself in that position. Just get off the field. Like, you yeah. literally, uh, uh, name is escaping me now, uh, Giants receiver. Golden Tate. Golden Tate, Golden yeah. Tate said the next time he saw Jalen Ramsey, he was going to fight him. So if you're Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> why are you walking up to Golden Tate yeah. after the game? Like, you got to be smarter to know that you Yeah, you have to make a better you. decision. I agree with that. But I think the Rams are the most complete team in the NFC West. So, my pick would be the Rams. Uh, their comeback, almost comeback win against the Bills was very impressive. And I think if they face Seattle, I don't think Seattle is going to put that amount of points on the Rams. And the Rams are going to totally demolish them on offense because the Seahawks can't stop anybody. So, I have the Rams winning this division. Um if the defense, if Seahawks, if Seattle's defense can't put it together, but if they could be average, then I have the Seahawks walking away with this division because of Russell Wilson. He's the MVP right now. He should have won it last year. He had five game-winning drives compared to Lamar's two. Wasn't even a competition. It, it was a unanimous pick. There, there is no, there is no discussion when it's a unanimous pick. You know, if know. it was like a 60-40 pick, then I would say okay, maybe. But if you got the Rams, yeah, I got the Rams. If the Seattle Seahawks defense doesn't get any better. They have the pick. pieces. Like, I just think that the the Seahawks defense needs time to mesh. I really they think, have the pieces. I really think uh-huh. the Rams could win it too. I, I do. I think Seahawks win. I really think if the Niners could get healthy, they can still run the run it wild. I really think the only team that doesn't have a chance to win it is the Cardinals because they're still young. But I like I like the Rams pick. It's a solid. The pick. reason I don't like the Cardinals is because Kyler Murray has been a better runner than he has passer so far. Lamar and this. <laughs> Y'all going crazy. That's not the running backs just throwing the ball. Hey man, I'm just saying, <laughs> led the league in passing touchdowns. Good job. Like, you know, he's improved as a passer right now, minus the Chiefs game. So no, yeah, I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson Patrick has improved way better than him. But yeah. Kyler Murray I had to take. No, somebody, and we know somebody really argues that. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But I'm not going to be that person to argue that. Yeah. But Kyler Murray has to improve, and the 49ers are just way too injured. Nick Bosa is out for the year. Like we talk about. Them getting healthy, but they're not going to get healthy anytime George soon. George Kittle just came back and had a monster game. Yeah, you guys monster. have no linebackers. Well, it was like 184 yards or something like that. Yeah, when when we say like get healthy, I think we're talking relatively like get Jimmy Garoppolo like Jimmy back, G get and Kittle yeah, back. Kittle. No, and they Kittle just was got uh, wilding yesterday, yo, other day, bro. I'm scared, bro. 
He was going crazy. But Richard Sherman play yesterday? Yeah. So he's back too. Yeah. 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 He's, that was like his first game back. It really depends because it was just the Eagles. They've been playing like one of the worst teams in the NFL. So we'll see. The Rams beat the Eagles. Good job. Well. They beat your Cowboys too. The Rams, my yeah. Cowboys. Who's Cowboys? You love the Cowboys. Cowboys. They beat your Cowboys too. <laughs> I don't love the Cowboys. I love Dak the Prescott. Ran, the Rams, okay, well they beat Dak. Dak the Rams have also not had the most difficult schedule yet. Yeah, so. they haven't. The Bills was a tough game though. Yeah. And they, they, they should have won it. They should have won it. But they came out really sluggish and against teams like I don't know. You know, you like, keep, I'm you keep still throwing not, jabs. I'm like. still not sold on the Bills. <laughs> you, uh, you're a hater. I'm done with you. I'm so done with you, Honestly, Jack. Huh? I'm done with him, man. He keeps saying Honestly, that. Honestly, like. I'm sold on the Bills because their schedule isn't very difficult. Okay, okay. That's a different story. I mean, like... It, I'm sold on the Bills in terms of them finishing first in that division now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because their schedule, like, you look... They got the Raiders. Well, they beat the Raiders, right? Yes. They got the Seahawks, I think, coming up. They got the Jets coming up again, I uh, think. L. Um, Next six is Titans, Chiefs, Jets, Patriots, Seahawks, and Cardinals. That's a pretty re- tough I'm, six. I'm really excited to see that. That's a tough I'm six. I'm really excited to see that Chiefs game. I'm excited to see the Titans really? game. They Titans got, game is really I want to see the Seahawks game. That's honestly. That is a really. I would, so say, what I would say minus the Jets. That's a tough six. Yeah, you tried to yeah. say like like that's a tough. That's a tough. Other than you bums, that's a tough five game. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the defenses, I don't think it is. But it, I feel like when you play a competitive team, it's always going to be a, and, and a tough you're game. You're also going to have to have Josh Allen gunslinging. You're going to have to play your A game. Wilson. Like, yeah, if Mahomes walks into town, Russell Wilson walks in, you're going to have to play your A game. I think they can. Yeah. I, I think mean, they can. I'm just, I, I'm saying like, in an, and, and I said it the wrong way. It's not that I'm not sold on the Bills. It's just like, look at what they did against the Rams. They went up so much early. And then they blew that lead late. Like competing against the the better teams in the NFL. Like I want to see them against the Chiefs and the Seahawks and see how they perform because that's a whole yeah. different level than just beating up on the Jets and Dolphins. So like, just to wrap up this segment, everybody here has a Seahawks winning winning the division besides me. I have the Rams. Yeah, you guys all got the Seahawks. Yes, sir. Okay, yep. now we're gonna move on to the final segment, which is really just a game. NFL Pick'em Week 5, our predictions for what's going to happen this upcoming week in the NFL. We're going to start with the Thursday night football game. Buccaneers versus Bears. Who do you guys I have? I know who you're picking. Bears? I'm picking, picking Bucks. the Bucks. Going Tom Brady oh, all day. Really? Right. Tom, the Tom team you just... Where, he's, he's where are such the Bears going to make the playoffs? He's literally a walking contradiction. No, it'll be competitive. It'll be competitive. I got Bucks. I got Bucks. I got Bucks. Bills versus Titans. Bills. Josh Allen. Bills. I'm going to take the Bills, too. I like Josh I'm going to take the Bills. Titans are in Corona right now. COVID. <laughs> wow. COVID, whatever. Uh, Jaguars versus Texans. Texans. Oh, I actually, well, I said that. Who's, who fast. is coaching them? Romeo <laughs> Cornell. He's their they have Deshaun coach. Watson. I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. I'm going to take the. I think the Texans are better than the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm taking the Texans. I'm going to take the Jaguars just because I don't know how they're going to. At the first game with their new head coach. Oh, I think they're going to come out throwing a parade. I think it might be up in. I think we might see it in the second game. I don't know about the first though. I'll take Texans. They're both I'll take the Texans. Four. I'll take really the Texans too. Wins to me. Bengals versus Ravens. Oh, <laughs> the Ravens. I'm going to Ravens too. I was going to say. I was hoping somebody say something else. I'm going to Ravens. <laughs> I'm going to Ravens. Uh, Panthers versus Falcons. Panthers. Panthers. But the Falcons <laughs> will probably lead by. They can you know, the Falcons can win at that some game. point in the game. I'm gonna yeah, say the Falcons. Ridiculous. I'm gonna say the Falcons. I feel like they're they're not gonna blow another lead again. Imagine if they do. Dan right. Quinn is getting fired yeah, that'll tonight. Be the end. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Quinn is getting fired tonight. They're gonna have a new coach against this team. The Falcons are gonna win this game. Raiders versus Chiefs. 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 
Chiefs. That's a division game, too. I got the Chiefs, too. <laughs> <laughs> we set that up. Cardinals versus Jets. <laughs> Anyways, next, next. one. Yeah, next. You know what we're going to do. You guys all got Cardinals? Yes. Yes. Go, ahead and say, go ahead. Go ahead and pick your team. I want you to, Please honestly. Adam Gase won four <laughs> last year, week five against Dallas. Nobody expected the Jets to win. Sam Darnold had a great That's game. Dallas. They suck. Denzel Mims is coming back. Book it. He's going to have a phenomenal performance. <laughs> the Jets are winning this week five. Okay. Week five matchup. Adam okay. Gase. Adam Gates is good in week five. So that's your this guy. is going to that's be the guy. week. It's the only week he's good in. Yeah, that's your guy. Kyler Murray has has struggled lately. He so will, he's going to have fun. He's going to have Murray, so much fun Kyler Murray, all over the- Kyler Murray might put up a career day against the Jets on Sunday. Gonna, I'm not kidding. He's going to turn is, into AP all day. There is, there is nobody in our organization that can guard DeAndre Hopkins. He, no DeAndre money. Hopkins You haven't had a player since Darrell Revis second guard DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins might go for 200 yards. But I yards. think Denzel Mims is going to have a 200-yard game. A little smiley face. Um, <laughs> next, next one? No, I'm playing. But I do I do think that Jets win this game. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you're confident in your team. That, I, don't, I don't see how Denzel Mims is going to go for 200 yards on wide receiver bubble screens. <laughs> that's all he's going to get. Eagles versus Steelers. Eagles. I'm going Steelers. I think... I think I think the Steelers' defense finally put it together in this game, and I think the offense starts slowly clicking. We're hot. That's all I'm going to tell you. We're hot. <laughs> I have the uh, I have the Steelers in this one. It's respectable. We're hot, though. Juju is going to get locked up. I'm going to go Eagles. Eagles? I don't know. I think Wentz is going to build wow. off that performance. We're hot, man. Jack, I jump also, on the train, bro. I We're also, hot. I'm not high on the Steelers. I think that they have not played anybody. Juju is about to get locked so, up. But Deontay yeah, Johnson. Deontay Johnson is good. I know, but Darius Slay is going to put Juju on the island. <laughs> Rams versus Washington. Rams. I think it'll be a good game, though. I don't think it's going to be a good game, Rams. Rams. I got the Rams, too. I'm very, very tempted to pick Washington, but I'm going to go against that and pick the Rams. Dolphins versus 49ers. Niners. Oh, who's coming back? That's that's the question is Jimmy playing? Is CJ Berthard starting? Because if he starts, I'll pick them. I'm going to go Dolphins. If if Mullen starts, Dolphins. If he doesn't start, Niners. I feel like the start doesn't even matter. Now, CJ's way. If you watch CJ, he's better than Nick Mullins. Nah, he was better on that drive. Nah, he's better. I think I'm going to go. He did what what Nick Mullins did all game in like five minutes. I think I'm going to go 49ers. I'm going to 49ers too. Giants versus Cowboys. Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Cowboys. <laughs> he really, he's Stop. really thinking about it. I wasn't Stop thinking about it. it. I'm <laughs> saying oh, it's the division game. It's the Giants. I it's will the, be amazed if the Giants win. The Giants. I don't think they've beaten Dallas in a while. I say Dak has to have a, a fourth quarter comeback. It's going to be the Cowboys, but I feel like Dak's going to have to come back in the fourth quarter. Yo, when the score is 45-7, to seven, I want to so screenshot it. <laughs> send it to so you're picking the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys, but it's going to be like... So you think Dak has to come from behind on the Cowboys? Yes, he's going to be down like 24-20. Cowboys, gonna are, be down like 24, Cowboys 20 are historically so bad. So we right had now. somebody pick the Jets and the Giants in the same set. What a record deck. That should be illegal. <laughs> That's a record deck. I didn't pick the Giants. No, oh, you're picking my them. Bad, my no, bad, you're my you're bad. picking them. <laughs> Broncos versus Patriots. Patriots. Pa- Drew Lock coming back? <laughs> I don't even know, but I don't even think it matters. Patriots. <laughs> Patriots. Patriots. Is Cam Patriots. Newton and that that back. hurts me so Cam much. Cam Newton's bro. not going to play though. Jared's He's not. Jared, well, I mean, you'd have to imagine his because he would have missed. Yeah, he'd have to miss two weeks. The fourteen day. Oh. 
No, but he he if he already tested like negative for it, he's good. Huh. Well, if if he doesn't, it would be Jared Stidham because they benched Brian Hoyer in the fourth quarter and Stidham played in the fourth. So mm. I really hate that the, the injury bug really hit the Broncos. Though. I still have the Patriots yeah. though. I'm still taking Patriots. Yeah, I'm picking Patriots, but still. Colts versus Browns. Ooh. Actually, that's a. I'm gonna go with the Browns because they just blew your guys out, you little Dacky boy. So I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and go with the Browns. I think they're hot, so I think they're gonna come in and beat the Colts. I'm also going Cleveland. I'm going Colts. And they threw a parade because they were three and one. They're terrible. <laughs> you gotta understand how. how nah, much that's of a struggle terrible. organization that's they terrible. are, bro. They threw a whole parade. I'm gonna go with Browns. Though. I do. I like the Browns' offense when it once it actually starts oh. clicking. That I have Odell. the Colts. The Colts have the number one defense in the NFL. And screw right that. Now. They have Odell. And Jarvis. They got Xavier Rhodes. And Kareem. He's the best corner in football right now. And Baker. Is he really? Yeah. It's tough. Vikings versus Seahawks. 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 By a million. I got. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think this is the game the Seahawks lose. I got the Vikings. Wow. Kirk Cousins stinks. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he had, I had a bad, he had a he bad game. He's not a he good quarterback. He's an average quarterback. Mm. Last game, Chargers versus the Saints. I actually like that game, but I'm going to go with the Saints. Does, wait, Michael Thomas come back? I don't even know. Sanders uh, had a good game last week. I'm going to go with the we Saints. We do these on Monday. It's like a week away. Like, yeah, I'm not going to know who plays or who not who doesn't. Saints. So I'm going to go Saints. I'm also going to go Saints. I'm going to go Saints. I'm going with Saints, too. So this does it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. I think this is episode 28 or 29. I want to thank thirty. We got to throw a party. I want to thank <laughs> Wilner for being here today. You know, give me a little applause. It was an excellent show. If you guys enjoy our content, please share it. It helps us grow. Follow us on Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pick Aside. And for those of you who would like to help out the show, you can donate to us on Patreon. To find our site, simply type in Patreon.com/PickAsidePodcast, and you can look at all the tiers and choose how much you would like to donate. Thank you for your support and thank you for watching and see you next time.